is here, a supper ring is here. Life is skittles and life is beer. I think the loveliest time of the year is the spring. I do, don't you? Of course you do. But there's one thing that makes spring complete for me and makes every Sunday a treat for me. All the world seems in tune on a spring afternoon when we're poisoning pigeons in the park. Every Sunday you'll see my sweetheart and me as we poison the pigeons in the park. When they Not just because of the tits, but because it was I half actually lace. didn't like it because the back was like pretty much open from your ass to the top. Is that bad? And well, I can't wear a bra and have an open back, and I cannot not wear a bra. No. Yes. Yes. No. I'm no. assuming we guys will be at this wedding. I'm old enough now that the <laughs> girls ain't as perky as they oh, once really? were. Oh, really? Okay. Well, when you have 18 pounds of tit on each side, it starts to sag sooner rather than later, dude. I wear bras all the time. I sleep in bras. Oh, yeah, you're I'm so scared of it. Yeah. Never not wearing a bra. Can't you just option. put string underneath the boobs? I'm just kind of no. <laughs> so what was your intro for the podcast? Oh, are you recording, you bastard? I can edit that out. <laughs> this is my intro. Let's see if we will. Annie's super blushed. What's your intro? Spring is here. Yay! Spring is here. Life is skittles and life is beer. I don't know the rest of that song. Oh, that's not who sings Pigeons that? in the park. That's not who sings. As far as I can get. Should that be the opening song? I'm really too? tired. Yes, actually, spring is here. I was, my hopes were hanging on the Hunchback of Notre Dame theme, but I could do the what the hell did you just call it? pigeons? It's called in the poisoning. Fall? Do you not know this song? No. I do you not know that. the song "Poisoning Pigeons in the Park"? I don't think so. It's like a classic. It's not like a Doctor Demento thing. It's no, it is. Song. Oh, it is. But I mean, it was always on rotation with Doctor Demento. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's about <laughs> making pigeons explode by feeding them things in the park. I've never heard this. Song. I always heard the urban legend of blowing up pigeons by feeding them. Was it Poisoning pigeon in the park, like uh, it is springtime. Did you see, see yeah. there's a big rainstorm night before last, which is rare in Portland. We don't get rainstorms; it's just like a pissy yeah. rain, but we never get storms. It mists. It's like a back to the, the future. Time. Like we had some really storm. good rain. All the cherry blossoms are in bloom. And shit, so I'm really tired last night. I slept about three hours, interspersed over the span of about eight hours. There's here's a lot what of. Annie, here's what Annie has to say about Tomb Raider. Hunk shoe. <sighs> Oh, How's Big Bird sleep? I, remember, I, remember, I, remember, I always love that Big Bird sleeps with his bill in his arm. It's me at all times. I love that. So yeah, so uh, you had a long week of stuff. Mm-hmm. Annie's sister was in town. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we didn't record last week. No. No one noticed. We didn't record last week because my little baby sister was in town. We missed what our first ever, ever episode of the Boy Hattie podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that broke our streak yep. of uploading something. I did record like a little 10-minute something. It was so terrible. I couldn't bear to upload it because <laughs> I just recorded a little thing, mostly uh, me advertising, saying, everybody should go buy Mass Effect 3 Citadel. It's so fun. And I listened to it, and I was like, this is terrible. I'd rather, <laughs> I have, I'd rather miss a week rather than you keep our streak going with a piece of shit 10 minutes of me going, um... I like video games all by myself <laughs> with Annie. So, yeah. Well, and I, in the end, I felt like a jackass because I thought my sister was leaving late on Sunday, not realizing that I had misread everything, and that was her arrival date in Fort Worth. Oh. So, actually, she left at ass o'clock in the morning. And oh. I could have done you something had a good time day. with her? But instead, I just cried. Oh, it was great. What was great is that with everything, this, that, and the other, 
I had no time to plan for this trip. Yeah. So it was just like I was just hanging out with someone for three days cool. instead of actually your like doing awesome. stuff. Her, and her fiance is pretty cool too. Yeah, Carson. Well, a this good is egg. your last time getting together before she gets married in the fall, right? Yeah. She's buying a house. They close soon, and and then they're getting married. So it's a momentous year. What's funny is that she had paperwork, the kind of de- that she had to do for filing for her house, which was. I thought she about kind house. of yeah. She's in the middle of it right now. What's funny is that when Hence we went, I was talking about uh, bridesmaid dresses at the beginning yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. The uh, the when we went on our trip this last summer to San Francisco, I was in the middle of buying my house, so it's only fair we traded it off. But yeah, I got my bridesmaid dress. She's she hates. She's the opposite of bridezilla. She doesn't like to make any decisions whatsoever. She kind of knows what she. Excuse me. She does not know what she wants. She knows what she doesn't want. It's very difficult. She's very fortunate in that her best friend since she was in the first grade is permanently single. Oh, okay. And has a lot of plans on wedding that she is now foisting upon her sister. So does she already sister. have a wedding dress all picked out there? Yeah. What's it look? just like a white dress or something? I have not something. seen. You don't even you didn't even care to ask. Well, no, I've asked repeatedly. So what, what's your bridesmaid's dress look like? They're all indigo. She's like, I don't care what they look like. I just want them oh, to so they don't have to be matching, but just no, matching color. Yeah, okay, that's which fantastic. Was nice. So what the hell? So did she you was choose? so funny because she was like, Oh man, it's gonna be miserable. You need to wear lots of deodorant because you're gonna get all sweaty of trying on clothes oh, yeah, and everything yeah. and all that. We're there twenty minutes. <laughs> I walked in and I pretty much said, I like that one. Where'd you they go said to? Uh, there's this bridal shop downtown. Okay. You know, they just carry all the. Well, you said you found a great place for ladies' clothes. Like last fall, and I don't know if they also happen to have bridal stuff. Too. Well, with bridal, when you when you're trying to get a color of a bridal gown, then you want everybody to buy from the same vendor, so oh, the okay. color actually matches. Does the Duchess have bridal stuff? No, they do because they're suits. men's clothiers. Yeah, they do suits. Got to put you in a suit sometime. I I am too busy buying I'm my wife curious, suits because you yeah because Foley's got the whole thing where in your Here's relationship the thing. your wife gets all the suits and you get all the girly clothes. Well, because the fact of the matter is is that she'll actually wear her suits all the time. If yeah. I have a suit, I'll maybe wear it once a Why year. Not you look like Butch and Sound Dance. No, no, that's not the way it goes. No, you you you'd pre- always prefer the, I may, the lesbian lumberjack thing. As I opposed may to the... one day get a waistcoat. Maybe yeah, you look great in one. But I would rather spend the money on getting one for my wife because my wife will wear the fuck Well, yeah, no, you're, you, you, as a couple, your guys' uh, clothing budget it's, definitely it, goes towards Foley suits. That's not than, true, actually. Not saying exclusively, but I'm just I saying. I own a shit ton of Western shirts. But you're not too worried about, like, l- dressing sharp yourself too much, whereas I, Foley gets off. Fuck you! No, 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 no fuck you, Bill! <laughs> you don't mind looking like a human piece of garbage! No, even on Twitter, I think a lot about that shit, motherfucker! I'm not saying you look about putting on suits, though. Uh-huh. You, you, you uh-huh. dress casual. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. I'm not saying you dress shit. I'm not just saying you dress like a hobo. <laughs> you look like garbage <laughs> all the time. I hate your face. I hate your face. No, well, the, thing is, is that, the thing is, is that my, ah! my wife does, she wears her suits casually. Yeah. It's part of a regular wardrobe. That is why I will spend that money on her suits, because she, it's she not just a suit. She wears that well, too. She, she looks wears like it she all the time. Born to be she'll in wear her suits. blazer with jeans. She'll wear her waistcoat with anything. She'll wear the suit pants on a whim. Like, she'll wear clothes all the time. Swap clothes for a day just to see what happens. Oh, baby girl. She would be, what is it? My, my dress code at work is um, nothing tight or tiny. Yeah. That would, my wife would just, no, my wife would be like a, a Hulk like thing. Because it's not, my wife is just she bigger a than little, you? not by much, just a little, but it's enough that it looks very distracting. But so, but then you could wear her clothes if you had to. If a tornado t- came in and blew away all of her stuff except for her suits, that is you could true. still at least have pants to walk around that with and go to 7-Eleven and get replacement orange juice. That's right. You'd be the most fashionable motherfucker at that 7-Eleven. Anyway, moral story, I own a shit ton more Western shirts than Foley does of any piece of clothing. So Anyway, back to stuff people actually give a shit about. What'd you do this week? <laughs> 
I have had so much stuff going on. I haven't really done much. No, I, I had to browbeat you just to play Citadel, so we could, so would be on equal yeah. footing this week. Go well. That's the other thing. That's the other reason why we didn't record last week was because uh, Annie at home only played Tomb Raider, and I had only played Mass Effect Three Citadel DLC, and we mm-hmm. neither of us had really played much of the other thing, and so it would have been us trying to talk about our respective things without spoiling it for the other person. So mm-hmm. it would have been like, yeah, Tomb Raider. It sure ends <laughs> when it ends at the ending, and yeah. So now, at least now, we're both beaten. Yeah, we're on the same so. page. What'd you think of a? Uh, what do you want to talk about first, Tomb Raider? Or... You really are excited to talk about Citadel. Did you like Citadel? I like that. That was fine. Oh, I'm so disappointed. It was fan of fiction. Of all the people, I'm surprised. I I thought you'd have something more to say than it was. That was nice. It was cute. It was such transparent was... fan fiction. Oh yeah. Like like that's kind of what Mass Effect is. No. No. Bill. Bill. All of massive. That was fan fiction. That was fan fiction. Yeah, it was endorsed fan fiction. Really, the whole time I was playing it, I was Blasto is or like any dude. We've never seen Blasto before. Bill, Bill. There was an original character who everyone focused around. (laughs) There was. I won't say it for spoilers. There was a. Are we worried about spoilers? Yeah, we're gonna spoil some stuff. I'll be generous. Yeah. Um, but there is an obvious trope that as soon as the, the antagonist, like, we saw a glimmer of the antagonist, I'm like, oh, it's da-da-da. And it was. Because it was, who yeah, gave yeah, a yeah. shit? Because it was all just well, an excuse. That's the thing. There's not much to spoil about Mass Effect Citadel because it's there's not a, like... And there, yes, there is. There is, but it so does not but take the part, itself seriously. The part that you spoil is not that part. Or, I mean, the part that's interesting is not that part. That part was just the like tracks the protagonist on which... Is, yeah. The tracks on Spoilers which... Spoilers from Mass Effect 3 Citadel. The bad guy is an evil clone I of I just Commander said I Shepard. didn't want to say that. I'm just saying, but it's hilarious! And it gives... It's great to hear Commander Shepard running around as a character you can't control. Yeah. And Cam- Commander Shepard being a dick. And, um... What's her name? Who does the voice of Shepard? She has such a great time yeah. in that character. Oh, see, I don't want to and slag like, on Citadel. I thought it was a fun time. The whole time, I was like, this is bullshit. That they had well, a huge... Let me finish my thought. <laughs> My turn, Damn Bill. Theater. I'm holding the shell. <laughs> um, I I thought it was bullshit that they had to have a huge public outcry and a ton of people bitch for them to realize maybe we should dwell more on the characters. Yeah. Maybe that's what people like about Mass Effect. Yeah. I mean, it was nice that those the last time I will ever see these characters was that moment. That's what I'm saying. That's that why was I like nice. that so much. Yeah. But at the same time, I felt it was pandering. At the same time, I felt like it wasn't pandering enough. Yeah. Well, well not how, wait, how not pandering enough? Well, like, for example, when you before you throw the party... There are three people you can invite up to your apartment for one-on-one time. I don't know if I noticed that part. Yeah, it was really subtle, well, and who, also who, who it was really random. It was Li- it was Liara, and we really? had a really sweet conversation. Oh, no idea. Edie and Vega. And I mean, I enjoyed all those moments, but I was like, of all the characters, like Tali. Also, you think it would be Tali, Garrus, and Liara? Yeah, or like Rex, or like some like I get it's your love interest, but that was like Edie and, and Vega. So Edie, I can see the central thesis of Mass Effect ultimately is this conflict between organics and synthetics. So I'm yeah. like, okay, but then Vega, I love Vega. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, that's a weird thing to pander to. Also, I objected profoundly that. Um, like, when you go out and you, you before you go pick up Sparty supplies, you yeah. can run into people. Again, I thought it was weird that it was Trainer, um, Javik, and Garrus, and Joker. Zaid. Yeah. I'm like, what about, again, I was like, what the fuck, where's Tali? Where's, where's Rex? Like, why are we pandering to these things? And I objected to having to have, putting Garrus in a situation where I make him flirt with another Turian. Because I was like, I what love the that. fuck? Cause, oh, no, well, see, no, I wasn't in a relationship like, with Garrus. No, 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 so, no. Like, yeah. He's in there, he and Tali. That was what happened in, in Mass Effect 
still, even That's though this isn't a great DLC, they kind of rush it out where they maybe didn't were able to think about all the things. Like, I don't know. I, don't I, don't, I, I really enjoyed that. it. I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was super pandering. The reason I liked it so pandery. much is because this was so completely... I didn't even know what this was until a couple days after it came out. Uh, I mentioned this on the previous podcast about how friend of the podcast, Kelly Nelson, had been flipping out yeah. about this DLC. Yeah. And I was like... Because the, the one trailer that had come out just made it sound like it was another... Uh, mission pack where it's all going to be combat related stuff. I didn't realize there was character related stuff in this DLC. Man, I did like the I mean, combat Kelly's because... Kelly's like flipping out about how you can host a party and I yeah. thought she was fucking around because Kelly Nelson, she'll just make up funny shit on Twitter because she's, she's a funny lady. I'm like, are you serious? There, there's a party that you can there's throw? There's a throw she's party like, no, button. seriously, I'm about to go buy party supplies for my, for my kegger. And I was like, this shit. Yeah. I downloaded it. No, it was, was great. I don't mean to sound ungrateful. I thought that was great. I thought it was dumb that this had to be like something that they were told to do, basically, yeah. by fans. I'm like, come on, guys. This is Mass Effect. Of course, everyone wants to see. I would imagine that them all be at a party together. If they had the extra time, like they they had the extra six months or a year or however long it would have taken. I'm sure they would have loved to have put something like this into the into the game from the ground up, but. I like you get to see more of the Citadel too. Yeah, it's a oh, nice. I if, it. if you're gonna bookend, it's it's a nice way to bookend the whole trilogy. In that the you yeah. know the best part of the first game was just running around exploring the Citadel, and, the, and this last bit of DLC for the last game is just running around exploring the Citadel, talking to characters. Yeah. Oh no, I enjoyed. Yeah. I enjoyed that. But and really I liked the, the combat stuff. It the... is so rare to have any kind yeah. of in any kind of big chunk for any kind of triple A game have this kind of lighthearted sense of humor. Yeah. Where, like even the big and drama. And very self-aware. Yeah. Even yeah. the big drama of this DLC with it suddenly bad guy shows up. It's evil uh, clone of Shepard. There's no hand wringing about, oh, she's a clone of Commander Shepard. What does that mean for me? And Mm-mm. how are we no different from each other? Well, what to does be that fair, mean? Shep says, the evil Shep says first thing, I was here, I'm your spare parts. Yeah. But I love that there's there's no drama from it. It's just nope. like everyone just agrees that the, like we gotta kill that motherfucker. We gotta we gotta yeah. put that bitch down. And I like her, and all her mercenaries are like, did we side with the wrong shepherd? Yeah. I like that the two teams she splits your guys into were Mako and Hammerhead. Yeah. Oh, that was cute. And then the one moment where she's like overwhelmed in battle, then everybody just shoots the fuck up. Garth's like, we used all the bullets in the universe. Well, Good job I mean, us. just even from lore it stuff. It was cute. Even aside from the funny party stuff, the fact there's a giant fight through the Citadel archives. Yeah, that which was you fun. Can just, it's, it's you a can see bit of a some of the back tour. history and stuff. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, that was a huge thing, but just in terms of like, it was again, nice. it's more fan fiction y where it's, you're just oh, seeing. Oh, it was parts unapologetic fan fiction. Of Mass Effect history. Also, you yeah. get to see the Ark of the Covenant shows up real quick for yeah. two seconds. Um, I thought that was cute, but, uh, yeah. I thought um, it was really enjoyable. I enjoyed it. I just, I don't know. I think maybe after the sloppy blowjob that I was seeing every, you left on all your devices. Your oh, I know. Beeping, terrible. Your iPad is beeping. You're a monster. Um, I thought after everyone was giving all this big sweat, sloppy blowjobs to it, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I did not, I didn't dislike it. See, well, you had not talked up to you from, from people. Whereas me, I, I, I was not expecting anything. <laughs> When I went in, I was like pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I, I think another part of it was that I have kind of gone through my morning of Mass Effect. Yeah. And I enjoyed this very much so, but it didn't feel part of Mass Effect to me. It felt very outside of Mass Effect to me. Like fan fiction. What did you think of hot, evil British la- uh, Indian lady? I like how she only develops an English accent, a whole English accent, when she reveals herself to be evil. Mm. The new well, character. Well, she had a strange the accent Mary Sue. all around. Yeah. 
Like, I, the whole time I was trying to place her accent and, like, where what it was exactly. But yeah, Zaid versus the plush toy machine. That was pretty great. That was great. That, that was more character saying? development you ever got from Zaid, Zaid from yeah. the actual fucking game. I have to admit that at the end, so what happened was I threw the party once. My wife went to bed early. I threw the party and I got about halfway through it and then I fell asleep. And then the next day we redid the party. I'm assuming you and, had the, the party on quiet music mode Well, when you fell asleep. I, well, I, I just stopped playing. When I replayed the game, it suddenly occurred to me, I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have to invite everyone to my party. So I invited everyone, but the second time I invited everyone but Javik Zaid, and it was wonderful. Well, I mean, if I, even if you invite those guys, it's not like you have to interact with them. They well, just but show then up. they're part of the conversations that you wander in on. It was actually great because you then... You man, you disinvited Javik on purpose. Yeah. Javik's one of the best characters. No, I oh, hate Javik. God. We talked about this. Did you see this. one of the things that happens if you don't have a love interest by the end of the game, you have, you might wake up with Javik after the party? <laughs> I guess like that's that's the thing like who like you can wake up with, with a couple different characters. I think maybe one of them might be Edie if you're that's playing as Male great. Shepherd or something like that. That's but, pretty funny. Yeah, Trainer versus Evil Space Asari on the space chest thing. Yeah, my camera zooms in on Shepherd's faces. You go get that bitch. That was amazing. That's that was hilarious. really. I love Trainer. Trainer is one of my favorite characters. Well, also there's a part in the Mass Effect uh, Citadel DLC where you get to sneak into a casino, mm-hmm. and because I was playing as Commander Shepherd and I chose, it was me evil Indian lady. Her turn, turn, spoiler, she turns out to be evil by the end of the game. And it was, was it Liara? I took But Liara I like having me. this whole section of the game where it's just uh, three awesome badass ladies yeah. in uh, little yeah. party dresses trying to yeah. sneak into this casino and there's eventually ends up being a gunfight and stuff One like thing that. I did like... Yeah, that, that was kind of cool. Mass Effect... We'll get into gender games later with Tomb Raider, but... Mass Effect was... 3 did a, not a great job of making you feel like your, your relationship with Liara had continued. Yeah. Or like that it was on or whatever and um, it was very hit or miss sometimes. I really liked how they really ramped it up this whole time. Like when you walk into the party... Like, um... I wouldn't know, because my... Uh, Liara's my making comments. Liara's still busted. Oh, you're still broken? She walks in arm-in-arm arm with you? Oh, that fucked party. up... That fucked up a lot of the party for me, because there's all these parts where, I, like, obviously, like, Liara's like, hey, how you doing? And the trainer comes up to me, and she's like, hey, girlfriend, you love me so much, want to give me smooches? I'm just kind of like, yeah, trainer. <sighs> You're the best, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was kind of bummed. I need to... I really liked Trainer mm. and Edie talking about... Or, did you have the, hear those conversations? Well, yeah. So what good. are they talking about? They're talking about sex stuff, and then Tolly's there trying to change the conversation. She's definitely changing something about cheese. And she's talking about her her filter, biological filter, and her mask and stuff. <laughs> Oh man, that's so oh, good. Also, you get I a, love Mass you get Effect. a gunfight on the on the Normandy, which that was cool. That was fun. I love that in this game they tried to give you a uh, stealthy thing, like they give you a silenced pistol. Yeah, it's exactly, a weapon. Yeah. You but it was so funny, and they put you in all these scenarios where clearly you're supposed to pick off dudes and be stealthy. Really My method of playing in Mass Effect is to I can't remember what the move is called, but it's when you use your biotics to slam into people yeah. from across the like room, biotic charge, and then headshot them. Yeah. <laughs> So I just, I just imagine oh. this dude, like, water at the corner take a piss, and all of a sudden just, Spow! Boom! <laughs> well, that was the only, actually, uh, that was the only bad part of the DLC for me, because there's one boss fight, it's the boss fight against Evil Shepherd, 
that was fucked up because it's a boss fight that's that's not designed for you to win. You just have to survive long enough for a cutscene to kick in. No, you just if you beat you can beat the crap out of Shepard to the point where it'll end. Oh, see, really? See, because all Cause I, I did, kept trying to do that and would not like. I just kept focusing on Shepard. Shepard has five medigels. Yeah. So you have to get, wear her down through all five. See, I would wear her down through her medigels, but then she would start doing the biotic charge thing over and over again without any kind of cooldown. And see, so she I would could just get her me to death in ten seconds. Well, do you do you pause at all, or do you just do it all real time? No, I, I'm all bring up menus and change, you know, like I do issue it, commands. See, and stuff I like will that. Every, every. This is one of the reasons why I love Aspect. I can do it in my own ter- term. I will do little freeze and do my move every time. Like, I will literally okay, do yeah. it, sh- fire shot. That's enough time for me to cool down and pull oh, up wow. my menu. See, I don't do it that often. So I can just yeah. ping, 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 and just fuck them up. So, yeah, Shepard. Also, I was no playing problem. on the harder difficulty. Oh, that's too, true. So, yeah. That is true. I was playing on super easy but, mode for babies. Because... Uh, for some reason, I, like, I, kept, I kept on trying to take out. Uh... I, whatever the boss fight was not designed for me to be able to take out Shepard manually because what happens once you wear it down long enough or until you've survived the battle long enough it'll kick into a cutscene yeah that where you actually do did you did you try to save her or did you kick her off oh, I kicked her for the fuck well, off well what's funny is that my wife is sitting there and she goes save her and I go why she goes just do it and then of course she dies anyway but what's funny is that literally like maybe 30 minutes after we start playing fully just turns a tumbler and goes this is why I wanted you to save her and she turns it to me and it's this like this Gary's mod rendering of two femsheps who look like our femsheps by the way <laughs> making out naked while Liara sits in a chair watching and drinking and drinking <laughs> fully goes this this is why I didn't want you to kill femsheps so wait did you shoot a Indian lady oh Indian yeah lady? you'll miss me at this not at this range I won't she I that. Yeah. Well, maybe I was super renegade. Were you not super renegade? I was pretty renegade, but I just did the thing where, like, um, where, where I was talking to What's-Her-Face, there was a little, you know, the trigger option showed yeah. up for either good or bad, and I think it was a good one where I could, like, I was Paragon enough that I was able to just... Uh, I was able to uh, talk her into giving herself up without there being a physical confrontation. Oh, really? I just yeah. fucking shattered the head. <laughs> oh, really? Shattered? Even though that was not yeah. just because like the trigger thing pulled up and I pulled it yeah. and that like yeah, that's how it all. Ended. Man, one thing that kind of messed me up in Citadel is that I've been trained throughout these games that you really want to choose primarily one or the other because you'll reach a point where um, you will have Renegade or Paragon options restricted from you. If you haven't ramped up enough, yeah, exactly, yeah. But in almost all of the, yeah, I'm so paragon. I get all the paragon options, but yeah. I'm not quite renegade. But my to thing get is that so options. I've trained myself out of doing any paragons ever. But in all of these little like side moments when you're just wandering around and, and hanging out with people in the citadel, there are moments in these ostensibly they're just long cutscenes where the only thing you can do to affect the moment is do a paragon move. Yeah. And it was because the first time I'm like so trained out, I was like fuck no, I'm not gonna press the paragon button. And the scenes are so much more boring that it's like they turn the paragon into just the bro buttons, like yeah. bro move, boom. Citadel. We got a. Yeah, who, wait, who, who's the guy? Uh, you got Vega making a huevos rancheros Ash, in the morning after Ashley. the party. It's so cute. I yeah, was morning. Morden gets to show up for two seconds. Morden didn't audio show up recording. mine. Oh, when did he show up? Oh, there's a, there's a data pad right next to your bed when you wake up the next morning. Oh, you didn't see that. That's one of yeah. the best parts of the whole thing. Uh, he leaves you a message. It's the last message he leaves you before he goes off and dies in the middle of the game. Yeah. But he pretty much gives you a little... He sings another song. Aww. And it's goddamn Oh, cute. man. So it was... They did do... It's complete fan service as they could in every I think the only direction. character who isn't represented in one way... Because I think... Also, what's his name? Who's fish? Sexy fish guy everyone loves. 
Thanos. Oh, Thane. I think at that point, Thane is dead, well, right? Yeah, I, but I think his son, depending on what you do, his son might show up at the party for uh, two seconds to say hi. Yeah. Um, but I think the only the only uh, cast... Well, I did not have Miranda, because I think Miranda went... She ran off to become the next uh, Commander Shepard Spectre yeah. person. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Legion's the only character in the whole game. The only... Uh, the only crew member that you can get throughout all three games who isn't represented in some oh, way in that, that last thing. Yeah. So my wife You can gets... get a bolus pizza delivery guy. That was really funny. Yeah. I liked that. And I liked all the piffle during the combat. Like they're all just talking at each they're other just nonstop. Shit. That's insane. I love that tone it was cute. of game. It was, it was cute. so great where like, yeah, it's 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 still being a fun action game while still being it's it's funny. Like, yeah, like yeah, a little piffle be- I love oh. Bioware. I like their writing. I enjoyed it. This I is did. one of the most fun s- bits of Mass Effect stuff there's oh, ever yeah. been. I'm glad to see well, that this is the last bit of Mass Effect. it just on what's good about Mass yeah. Effect. That's and there was a does. moment where, like, like, one of the last things I did in the game before you have the ending cutscene mm-hmm. is, I think the last person I wound up talking to was Tali. And there was a moment there I was kind of super bummed. I was like, this yeah. is the last fresh conversation yeah. I'm ever going to have with anybody in, in what is... The, yeah. you know, the main Mass Effect trilogy. And I, like, hit that button. She yeah. said her last bit of dialogue, and I hit it again. <laughs> About and having to play a toxic it. filter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And she repeated her dialogue. I was like, oh, that's it. That's the last bit of new conversation you I'll probably have with You used up all the Mass Effect. Yeah, and I was like, mm, Mass Effect is over for me. But then I went and, you know, you go back to the Normandy, and everyone gets on the ship. And there's a great little... I just... Even the the last image you see <laughs> of the game yeah. is... Commander Shepard in silhouette looking uh, at the Normandy all by mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, that's it. That That's the yeah. soul of Mass Effect right yeah. there. And I was like, fuck yeah. But then all your bros wander up behind you. Oh well, yeah, and they, they, they have a little conversation. But nice little... well, yeah, well, then they just they all stand there and just look for a minute too. It was nice. It was the Ocean's ending that everyone wanted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there you go. It was the best. I enjoyed Citadel. Yeah. And I, even that, there's a whole little line where like, uh, I think Shepard's like, oh, we were a pretty good crew, huh? And your love interest is supposed to come up to you and say, yeah, we were the best. Yeah. But I had trainers say it this all. I appreciate, like, yeah! If that were anyone else except for trainers saying that line, that'd be awesome. But, yeah, well, that's the end of this the This is definitely one of those moments where it made me appreciate the sheer amount of effort that Bioware's writers put into a game. Yeah. Because it's like, so, like, I didn't invite Zaid or... Um, uh, Javik the second time so and I knew that I had played because I'd played a little bit the first time through that on the second floor this in the second part of the party that Javik and um Zaid and Rex and Grunt would all be talking yeah but instead oh, it was just Rex and Grunt just talking about if there were a Krogan party it'd be better oh wow and See, just I didn't because get that. I didn't have those two characters it was all totally well, different that's the thing. I love you in this one bit of DLC which this is a hefty this was like it was divided it was into four two gigs. parts. Yeah. yeah, I could see there like why it was so hefty. Yeah. Uh, but even within that, there's still tons of stuff. Like I, there's tons of stuff that happened in this DLC I never saw. I guess you could do the tango with Garrus. <laughs> I never saw well, that. Well, Holly told me that she found on YouTube a scene where Miranda and Jack are at the bar bickering at each other, and and basically Shepard just walks up and says, "Just go on and fuck already. Just do it." <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> just that, I will yeah. say this. Aww. The, my big beef with Mass Effect was Chekhov's poker table. Was that during all of Mass Effect, you never see this? this I is know, a poker ga- yeah. table, and you never see a poker game. We had Chekhov's poker table again, and Chekhov's hot tub. So bad. As I was, soon as I saw I was, that hot tub, I was like, I God was damn. expecting the next morning when everyone's bumming around. I was expecting to at least find somebody in the hot tub. I was bummed there was no one in. Although speaking of the apartment, that's another one of the nice things is that uh, it, uh, 
with all the Anderson exposition. That was cute. Just like wandering around and reading his audio logs. Yeah. Just, just, I thought that was kind of nice. You get to know more about the man he yeah, is. Yeah, you know, it's, it's no plot related stuff, but just fleshing out the character. And, mm-hmm. and by, by way of Anderson, also just fleshing out that world was just, yeah, yeah it was good. I enjoyed it. It's fan service. It was really nice. I'll take it. Yep. It's like a blowjob and a stick. I'm not going to complain about it. Maybe only because it's my birthday, but I'm not going to say, oh, no, that's too much for me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, people's uh, listener favorite stuff. Uh, I Hate DRM says uh, uh, they really dug Grunt being drunk in the shower. That was really cute. Yeah. Uh, Supposedly, though, you can sometimes, uh, for some people, it'll be Tolly drunk in the shower. (laughs) Uh, also, Garrus planning for a Cerberus invasion of the apartment, which I don't think I saw. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of... I think depending on... Because you can choose the party to either be low-key or high-key yeah. at any given moment. I, I chose think there must be high-key stuff, and yeah. Yeah, I think it, it just varies depending on how you advance through that stuff. And again, on who you invite. And Barry Saurus Rex says, Grunt playing Bouncer, the Garrus Tango, and Shepard practicing her delivery of I Should Go. That was great. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. That was when, great. When you get locked in that vault, and like, and the fact, yeah, uh, Shepard does not care about the fact that you uh, you and all your teammates have been just locked in this impenetrable vault. That was and cute. she's just so, um, again, she's what's so distracted, Jennifer Hale. Yeah, Jennifer Hale's, like, you can tell she's having real fun just with this delivery. Like, that's not how I sound. I don't sound like, do I sound like Yeah, that? it's like. I was like, oh my god, this Oh, God, I love this fucking... That's what I'm saying, because even if the next Mass Effect game comes out, it's not going to be Shepard, it's not going to be Jennifer Hill, it's not going to be Tali, which is fine. I would love to see the series evolve. It doesn't have to be that. But this particular configuration of Mass Effect in which... I fell in love with this is the end. Yeah. And it's it's a, it's a sweet little ending. I enjoy it. I can't imagine this, this, this DLC is going to make any sense to anybody who's playing the game for the first time. Yeah. They're just going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. Why is this so mopey all of a sudden, right? Even before the end of the game. Like, what's happening? Yeah. So, anyway. It was good times. So I enjoyed it. I really did. What else? What else? We both played Tomb Raider. I actually have more to say about Tomb Raider than. I do about um, I'm Mass Effect. Sh- what, if, you said, if you would have said a year ago, you would well, have more like to I say said, about a Tomb Raider reboot. I really enjoyed Citadel. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. My feelings about Mass Effect and Citadel are kind of personal. It's like I just, it made, it felt very satisfying. It's like hanging out with an old friend. It's like, what am I going to say? We had a really good time. I, you know. And now I'm never going to see him again. So. so, what are you so raged out about about Tomb Raider? What's got your out blood boiling oh, about Oh, no, Tomb I'm not raged out about it. I'm going to say it. It's better than Uncharted. No, you are wrong. How is it better than Uncharted? There's only one way in then which... Then again, I need to play Uncharted again sometime soon for reference, but... There's only one way in which Uncharted is better than Tomb Raider still, and that is in charm and in character. Yeah. If you take out Uncharted's tar- charm and character, go though... I think the shooting, the combat is better in, in the Uncharted. The combat is better in... Un- is Really? Yeah. No, I disagree. How? Just because in Uncharted, it's I'm mostly object to the level design in all combat. Well, you know what? You I'm are actually surrounded funny, by. When I think of combat, I'm thinking more of shooting. That's actually because I'm no, not thinking about see, punches thinking versus like, bows and arrows. Oh, that's a good see, point. See, it's so much more varied in Tomb Raider. Also, yeah. in Tomb Raider, you do get flanked, but it's not just waves of waves of waves. Well, there's of no dudes. monster closets. Yeah. No, it's like yeah, it always. Shit. You feel like you're fighting actual people. You walk up on them and they're having conversations. Uh, not all of them are 100% into the whole cult thing. They're trapped in it one way or the other, or they're having doubts or anything like that. They all feel like more varied and, and real people. The island feels very cohesive, and the way you go back to it and things will be different. I was surprised at how the game's kind of set up like a Metroidvania that way. Yeah. Where you, where you cross, 
going back over old ground and, and stuff. And it's like all the traversal and stuff. stuff and the puzzles were very clever and just there hard. There wasn't that much in the way of puzzles. Each, Every environment each of the was a puzzle. Tombs had a little bit of a physics puzzle. Sure, but then but the environments were like puzzles. Really? Yeah. Like things like you know I have to get through. Well, there's this this part. See, when I know, think of puzzles, I'm thinking about actually you need to get part. Yeah, uh, get get tab A to put in the slot B, move it over here and stuff like that. No, this see, is mostly oh, I just see a bunch of white rope. Well, I should shoot my rope arrows into that's, that. That's a puzzle though, dude. Yeah, I feel like no. I feel like this was it's, Which it's is more... fine me. I'm I'm fine with the game being more action oriented than puzzle oriented. That's well, fine. See, I'm not I feel like they it. are puzzles, but they're puzzles that feel organic to the game as opposed to whoop, hold up everything, guys. I have to figure out how to push these three crates in the correct that's order. I, I have no problem that not I being in the felt, game. Yeah, I that's felt, great. I think it felt way more organic and really it's enjoyable. The tombs in the game are almost completely optional. I think yeah. there's one mandatory tomb at the yeah. very beginning, which just shows it. you that there's these optional tombs, and all the other tombs until the very end of the game, they are just like, yeah, yeah, just like. And which even is then, fine. the tomb, the puzzles in the tombs were again, they weren't too, they were just ch- challenging enough. They none of them were obvious necessarily on the well, first. It was a nice glance. break from the combat. It was good, and yeah. like the the um the the traversing the terrain. I love felt really the good. Stuff, yeah. And, like, the auto-cover thing felt good. Lara, as a character, actually has an arc. And she's actually intellectually curious. When you pick up items in Uncharted, Drake just pockets them. Yeah. When you pick up items in um, in Tomb Raider, Lara has something to say every time. Or she'll inspect it and well, she'll see I something love about it. There's an inspection part. Like, yeah. Because, like, like, in Uncharted, you just take the piece and just revolve it around yeah. and kind of look at it. You can look at it. Because that's actually, that was my favorite part of all the Uncharted stuff, aside from the witty banter and stuff. Yeah. Was, yeah, the fact that someone, in a, a small team, had to sit down and model all these ancient yeah. treasures. But I always, like, loved, like, just looking at the amount of detail and stuff in them. But and this actually rewards about this. you for inspecting these yeah. items. Yeah. Laura always has something to say. She'll say things like, I can't wait until I get this back to my lab to analyze it. Yeah. What is Nathan Drake? <laughs> Ever thought that? And also the artifacts. Oh, so just gonna show this off his ass someday. The mm-hmm. artifacts are t- all t- help shape the story of the islands. Mm-hmm. Like you find, it's like it's very. There's a very particular history well, of yeah, this island. Well, yeah, it's not just random junk, but no, it's like and it's all like from different cultures and different people it's who like are at the learning, island. It's like because they tell you what the like the Edo masks are for. Yeah, and, and you see things about it. It's like, oh, well, this is this type of paint, so this is this. Yeah, and it's just, it's just she actually is and is intellectually cute. Yeah. Japanese and guys didn't carry, uh, didn't have pockets, so they had little, little yeah. man purses. Yeah, like, shit oh. like that. It was great. It was really enjoyable. I felt like she felt like a very real person to me, and her journey over the game felt very real to me. And then her realization at the end was so satisfying to me when she's like, "I'm not going home because what the fuck just happened right there? There, and I want to find out." And that felt very real to me for the her and her, and her moment. Does it take Krakatoa? Because it looks like she's flipping through the books and she's talking about where she's going to go next. And I thought maybe. That was a clue to where the next game could be. Because that would actually be a great mechanic if every game had a little bit of lead into where the next game would be. I'm very... I I, I mean, I finished that game excited about the next one because I felt like I want to see the person that she becomes. But then, like, I'll be curious to see what kind of arc they put into the next game. That's the thing. This game felt so... All the things were exceptional about... Or, excuse me, a lot of things that were exceptional about it felt very standalone. I would assume the next game will be about her daddy issues. Yeah. Because, like, everyone in this first game was like, oh, your dad was a croft. Yeah, they talked about what her dad And you really don't know anything about what her dad did. No, other than apparently at some point she's like, fuck my dad. And, like, what happened with your dad? That you're like, Fuck my dad. Yeah. And isn't it implied that he's... Man, yeah. It's, I think, was it, it was, on Twitter it was, somebody pointed out that they would have rather have... Or was it Grumpy Turtle pointed out that they would have rather had Roth 
be the person you have to rescue at the end of the game rather than spoilers for Uncharted or for Uncharted Tomb Raider. Edition. I can understand. So, so one of the criticisms that's been lobbed at this game is that even though you are play a woman, there is still a damsel in distress in this game. Yeah, you just are saving your bummer. best friend. Well, but it wouldn't make sense. Like the the narrative of the game is that she's part of this lineage. She's part of this line, and that's she's why a she's boring character of all the I characters in the game. She was just like, hi, I'm Asian. She was there long. I'm kidnapped three times. I liked her journals and stuff. I thought she was as interesting as any other characters. I don't think that was an interesting way of how they kept you engaged with. Also, how they kept on revealing uh, background information between Laura and her friends. Yeah, it was. It's, this only really kind of ha- happens in the first third of the game, but she's carrying around a camcorder yeah. of herself uh, that, that she oh, taken I thought that was shitty. It was kind of like you get to see their sh- relationships a little bit. I thought that was it cheap. was something. My obje- one of my biggest objections with Tube Raider was that whenever a cutscene started, m- my wife and I we've been kind of busy lately, but we have dinner and we play video games, which is unfortunate because that sometimes means that like my dinner is cooling as I'm like <laughs> playing the video game. But the thing about Tube Raider is that whenever a cutscene starts, I can get some chow in. Yeah, it's gonna be three to seven minutes <laughs> as I watch things happen. I love Tomb Raider empirically. I am shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Like I said, had you bet me, I would bet you $500 that I never in my life would have said that I liked Tomb Raider, that I think Tomb Raider is a better game than yeah. Uncharted. I thought it was a good game. For this being my first Tomb Raider game I ever played, I was It was my surprised. first game too. But my, my beefs with it, I did have some beefs and, um, uh, are they sterling quality beefs? <laughs> they are they like are. are they like ninety nine cent ground chuck on sale because it's about to go bad tomorrow? Beefs. One of them. One of them. One of my biggest ones were was that um, in cutscenes you would see Lara do badass shit that you couldn't do. Well, that's that's the, that's a lot of video games. Though. No, but I've been thinking about that, and like most video games, they'll at least give you like a cut, like a quick time event or something. Like lately, I can't think of an ex- quick time. No, there were quick time events in this game. Yeah. You could get cho- one of the first things that happens, you get choked out in the yeah. game if you don't. Yeah. yeah. And I and it, I just felt it was really weird to have her do really rad things during these like lengthy cutscenes that I was totally unable to do. Like, there's a part in the end of the game where you one of the Oni are on a bridge and you have this fight with an Oni that's all in a cutscene. You were not involved at all. Or like the opening cinematic as we were playing the opening of the game that has this giant shipwreck happening. That was weird that the gameplay doesn't it actually kick weird. in until you're actually on the island. Yeah, yeah. and I and the moment, in that moment I thought, well, they wouldn't want to model an entire boat if they're only going to use it but once. Then but then later you go back to it. So I was like, why are you showing me these things? I like when you actually find her, her quarters later. The only thing really in there is like a box of checkers. Lara Croft is a boring motherfucker. She goes to sea for six months and all she brings is like some photographs (laughs) of Sam who's bunking with her in a box of checkers. One thing I liked about her crew... She should have at least had an Xbox! I like that of all the people in her crew, the only people who died were the white people. Yeah! All the non-white people survived. Before, like, I I was about about four quarters through through four-fifths through the end of the game, and I was like, yeah, this is not the kind of game you want to be a white guy. (laughs) It was when the old grungy sea captain guy throws himself off a fucking ledge just to kill a guy. I was like, yeah, this is not a good game to be a white guy in. Well, then, like, five minutes later... A super nerd Harry Potter guy blows himself up yep. to save Laura Croft, and he got crushed on Laura Croft. But it was oh, nice. That, that was really unnecessary. Man, fuck this game. The star should have been Reyes, the black lady. Reyes is pretty rad. You find 
find out that old dude, yeah, Roth, Roth stopped her. Did not know that it was his child. Yeah, she doesn't even get to sense. There's that it. line when Roth says, like, you're the daughter I always wanted. I, I know. And they burn his body, and then after the cutscene, there's no bones. I was like, what the fuck, game? Uh, spoilers, Roth dies. <laughs> but anyway, I, I liked I liked Lara's experience, and I believed her transformation. And I mean, I thought it was really hokey, but at the end, they're like, a survivor is born! I was like, yes. I noticed well, did you see two the credits, the, the list of production babies? Yeah, says, there were survivor These survivors babies. were born? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, that God, you just win. Oh, you're just getting extra... Uh, Polygon just upgraded their, their score from <laughs> 9 to 9.5, just for that. So, but I felt like if you, uh, can, if you can have an... I, my thoughts at, at when I finished Tomb Raiders were twofold. One, I can't wait to see the next game because if you can have a Tomb Raider game with a sense of humor, which I think Lara, she will not be going through the baptism by fire that she was in this yeah, game. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, unless it's like something to do with her dad or her legacy. Yeah, yeah. but even then, now I she's doubt, an actual adventure. I, I just want to play another Tomb Raider game where she's not going to fall into a river of blood. That's my primary goal. Because I, I loved this, this game. game. It tried so hard to be realistic and gritty and then had but such then, fucking cartoony yeah, bullshit. It's like Aside I'm crawling the, around and there's like an arm tumbling around. Well, yeah, you know, at like, the beginning, the first thing you do in the game is like you're crawling through a cave of bones, carpeted with bones. It must be hundreds of thousands of people. This entire cave system, not just yeah. a single cave. Just, yeah, literally carpeted with bones. And I'm like... Well, if you just assume that, like, this this island's been abandoned for 2,000 years, and this is 2,000 years' worth of corpses of people have washed up here, that kind of makes sense. But then, like, like, yeah, there's literally, like, in the middle of the game, there's a fart cavern system full of natural <laughs> gas. Well, where, literally, there is a literal fucking river of blood, yeah. not just bloody water or fucking jello mix. Here will be my counter-argument to you. I, one thing I did like over the course of this game is that so there are, ultimately, you learn that there are two forces on this island. You think there's just one, there's actually two. There's the cult of survivors, yeah. and then there's this ancient, like, supernatural Japanese warrior dudes. Yeah. And Oni. The Storm Guard. The Storm Guard, yes. And you, when you start the game, you think that all these weird bone sculptures and all this weird shit is the cult being creepy. Yeah. When in reality, they are they're being gonna... very Resident Evil 4 oh, yeah. kind of... And it's, it's a deliberate... Like, um, uh, fake out. Like, yeah. they want you to think it's these crazy dudes. And, uh, later you learn that if they they will be creepy and eviscerate people, but they're gonna throw them into this pit where they can all come out crazy people who can be manipulated into a cult. So, all, but actually, all of these strung up corpses and everything, they're all by the fucking storm guard. The storm guard doing centuries and centuries of torturing people and tying yeah. them up and, and making well, the other like, thing is, like, Laura Croft, there's about half a dozen times for the, there's at least three to separate times where the bad guys could have killed Laura Croft and said they hang her up. Well, that's what they do. They just, there are corpses hanging well, around the game everywhere. <laughs> Bill, it's video game. The other guys get brutally murdered. Laura Croft gets knocked down. She just wakes up all by herself. Do you know how many chicks herself. they get in this neck of the woods? That's true. She's like the first one oh they've seen God. in years. But yeah, in the middle of the game is you're literally running around in a river of blood yeah. with like fresh blood too. Yeah. This isn't like yeah. how many people are getting washed up on this <laughs> island a week that they could have like... <laughs> Literally this thousands of fresh, not uh, even aside from the even aside from the cavern at the beginning of the game where it's ancient dead bones all over the yeah. place. This is a fresh. This is a fucking uh, what's a rotisserie? Not a rotisserie <laughs> chicken. What's it called? The slaughterhouse where they send people to? Not the guillotine. What's that word? There was a contest on Monty Python for someone to build the best one. No, the guy. There was a contest to build the best apartment complex. Instead of building an apartment complex, he built an abattoir. That's what I'm thinking of the word. Oh, it's a go. fucking abattoir. 
war. It is. And then you escape from the bloody uh, hamburger meat caverns, and it's all just like natural gas fart caverns for the longest yeah. time, and that's kind of boring and green. Yeah. And there's a shanty. The middle section of the game could have used some trimming down. It gets a little... Like the environment I gets didn't a little feel that way. The, however, ugly. this game did. There were moments when this game, and I felt the same way playing Mass Effect Three. It was more transparent. Mass Effect Three, where I'm like, oh, this is a multiplayer map, isn't it? Oh yeah, I get. That's what that, I yeah. felt like in Shantytown. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a that, multiplayer map. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, well, it but I didn't object to it. It felt like it. Resident Evil Four shit too, because all is kind of like this like zombie sh- Shantytown shit. Which I don't know. I, great, what I liked I, about I played that game like ten years ago. What I liked about the Shantytown was that 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 part of that game for me was not so much about oh I'm fighting people through this atmosphere it's like it felt like very real and that here's this giant camp it just so happens to be empty I'm gonna loot the fuck out of it (laughs) and that I thought that was a lot of fun actually one of the few parts in the game that bummed me out is like you have to climb this super tall like 700 foot tall radio tower and like it's like crumbling as you're trying to get to the top and send this SOS message to get help and I was like, oh, man, how the hell is Laura Croft going get, to get down off of this? Because she's, like, climbing rungs on this radio tower. Yeah. They're collapsing and shit. Off like, and there's no way she can get down. And I'm like, oh, I'm waiting to see how they explain this. No, she just kind of jumps off or something. Like, it was like. Well, she does a zip line. Oh, is thing. that what it is? Like, every oh, other bush. video game where someone climbs the surface of something. Man, she... that's one thing. Like, after playing enough Far Cry, after zip lining off of radio towers, I was yeah. kind of wishing you could pull out your gun and shoot guys while being on the zip <laughs> line. But no. Like the, all the blood and gut stuff, it I was think, unnecessary. Well, I, think I get all the vi- between that and the hyper violent deaths. I thought that the, uh, I thought the parallel they were drawing, uh, drawing to was Laura Croft's almost little literal trial by fire yes. with the trial of fire that, um, the priestesses of the Sun Queen had yeah. to go through in order to become the next Sun Queen. Yeah, and by the end of the game, there's like the none of it gets brought up again. You just end up fighting a crazy zombie. Uh, which weather goddess, and that's it. So you thought that they were trying to foreshadow that Lara was going to be the conduit of the yeah, Sun Queen? Yeah, I thought there was going to be something like that, because, like, the, like, yeah, because, like, um, the evil cult, they're trying to find a female successor to the Sun right. Queen. Essentially a body that this... Well, the ba- basic story of Tomb Raider is that the Sun Queen lady from 2,000 years ago, mm-hmm. her, uh, her kingdom ended, and her rule ended when, uh, the lat she was supposed to uh 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 it uh cha- it, it, like essentially put her soul in a new fresh body yeah that's how this lady this one sun queen managed to rule for like hundreds of years yeah was not just by like having daughters or anything like that but really putting her soul in a, yeah. in a fresh it's not girl's clear body. at first it it seems like oh she just bestows her powers yeah because you one of the first things you find in the game is like this transition of power chamber and it looks like this is where they 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 they, they crown new queens yeah but no, it's not crowning a new queen. It's the queen actually ch- changing souls with people. I really... You know what I liked? So this is one thing I found refreshing about this game as opposed to an Uncharted. Yeah. You get presented with supernatural elements up front. Oh, yeah, no. I, I was kind of... Like, let's do, it's not confirmed at the beginning. Sure, it's ambiguous. But I like at the end, it gets total raiders, and it's not like yeah. the zombie monsters or anything no. like Uncharted. No, it's a fucking witch queen ghost lady. That was great. I, I thought was, it was also great. Also, the fact that it's also just a lady historical figure, which yeah. is also nice. Instead of finding instead of trying to find a lost historical city or something like that yeah it's a person and it's a historical lady who actually really existed yeah i don't think she it was cool she, well of course she lived years. of course she but, did uh, bill but no so anyway i thought like with, with what what really got me thinking about there was going to be a link between lara and the sun goddess and that whole situation of 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 of, of power 
was the fact that towards the last latter half of the game, you start finding journals from a lady named Hoshi. Yeah, I liked which all those journals. She was one of the Sun Queen's uh, priestesses. I this is one of my favorite elements of the game. Yeah, because you learn because all these diaries they just kind of add texture to the yeah. game. But when you find her diaries, you realize at the, when you find her final diary that what she she killing herself that's is the, the act that, that precipitated the, the entire conflict. Yeah, because without that priestess, the without sun the queen transfer died power. without a fresh body, and now yeah. she's stuck on this island trying to find a new fresh yeah. female body to pour her essence into. It makes sense that I guess the sun queen would have to be of her blood, have to be yeah. Japanese or whatever. Although if if if, if Yamata Island has been off the mast for two thousand years. What are the chances that Sam, just the one of the one of the few survivors well, off Sam, this boat, just happens to be her her direct ancestor? Sam or, says her direct... explicitly at some point in the game that one of the reasons why she was so excited about doing this is because her family's. But it's not like she only know it. But still, like she was friends with Laura Croft before they ever went on this adventure. Had this idea for this adventure. It just seems to be coincidental that she just has to be the Bill. Bill, it's a. I are you know, kidding me? Bill, if <laughs> Sam had at least been a more interesting character, I'm too. just saying she's really a princess. Peach I cannot in this believe game. that Indiana Jones owned that whip. I know before he needed to get like traded for an idol. So what I thought was going to happen with like you would the the cult would uh, figure out that like Laura was well, well because they're looking for the super powerful woman who will inherit the title of Sun Queen. And for some reason they're fixated on Sam. I'm like. Don't you realize the most powerful woman on this island is the one who's been kicking your see, ass the whole what game? I liked about it, though, was that, that see, that would have felt wrong to me because the whole point of Lara is not that she is supernatural or powerful or anything like that. It's just that she's, or excuse me, she's a woman who has been kind of crushed by pressure into this badass diamond of a warrior. Yeah. You know? And Which, that's... that's the one said in, like, in like Hoshi being terrified in her journals and stuff like that. I thought that they were trying, trying to draw a parallel between the two. I can see that. And especially with, like, both of their stories culminating with the meeting with the Sun Queen, I thought maybe by the end of the game you would, like, whatever happened between Hoshi and the Sun Queen would, like, would be... Uh, a counterpoint to whatever happens to you and Laura's meeting with the Sun Queen at the end of the game. I feel like that would be... And... I, I think Laura... It, the thing about Laura is that she is ultimately an active, like, observer. Like, she's an outsider who chooses to act on what she sees as opposed to, like, being part of the core. I feel like that would be cheap. Yeah. It'd be like if the end of Uncharted was that, you know, Drake... Like Drake was the chosen one or something like that. It's like ah, that's, well, not that's that she what I like. Be the chosen one, but well, like, that's exactly what you're saying. It's but that no, she but, was... but if this lady's all she needs is a badass female to pour her brains into, but she doesn't. That's not the thing. It's like they're she's looking well, for even like from Laura Cross perspective, and you find out that the ghost of the super powerful female historical figure is on the island. Would you want to go like talk to her and say hey, that was one of one of the things that I thought was maybe a little ambiguous that I enjoyed was that there's this brief moment, and maybe it was just me reading too much into it, where Laura almost has like this moment of pity for the Sun Queen where she's like Jesus Christ she's been her soul has been stuck in this yeah. dead body for however many long and there was this moment where I thought maybe the game would deal with like the idea that maybe she's actually a figure suffering yeah. as opposed well, that's to there, like there, there was a big more, bad there was the, that character the, her situation is so crazy and kind of unique yeah. and interesting yeah. and I thought there was just going to be more to it and in the end turns out but, turns out she's just crazy and, and then you end up shooting but how know. are you going to I mean like I, I would say that after 2,000 years of agony in a dead body maybe your communication skills aren't that great. I know. A. And at B, least I feel like of... like that maybe would have been too much too much like I don't know. I that would have been a really tricky thing to handle. I was a little disappointed that the end of the game is really not 
not you communicating or having anything to do with the Sun Queen, other than Sun Queen very going through an hour-long process of pouring her soul into Sam's yeah. body. Yeah. A little bit too slow. Yeah. <laughs> but the end of the game really ridiculous. boils down to you just fighting the super giant Oni guy. Yeah. Uh, which that was a fun boss battle. I enjoyed that. And then fighting Father Matthias, which that's that's cathartic. See, I love that, that moment when you get the two pistols for the first time. That Don't was tell like, me that wasn't wonderful. Well, especially when they put the, uh, for a brief moment, they put the power control back in your hands so you're actually yeah. like, bang, 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 yeah. bang, pulling the trigger. I was like, oh yeah! That was totally emotional. Be- which is great because there's like, bang, 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 I shoot that fucker. And then, you know, a little cut scene. And then the camera zooms out into the entire island and I swear to God, my first thought was, Yes, I've killed everyone. <laughs> I everyone. am Matthew. <laughs> but then, but there's no real confrontation between Laura and the sun. The, uh, the sun queen just kind of dissolves away, and that's the end of the game. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like if you what she her life essence, her crazed energy is what is causing all the bullshit on the island. Yeah, but that was an what did you want? Antagonist. I don't know. Just kind of like I, yeah. I agree. And she was a potentially sympathetic character. Yeah. I mean, not that they're gonna have a big like sit down and have See, tea and talk about their situation. What I thought was more. Like, she was such an interesting figure, and this is all about Laura Croft becoming a woman, becoming super badass, and, like, a woman of power itself. There could have just been something there, just to see kind of... what I felt was there was that Laura, when she learns this, and again, this could have been maybe in between the lines, she Mm. has a moment of empathy and pity. Yeah. But she starts to kick ass. That is foolish. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... Tomb Raider, Bill but and Annie really liked it. And then you go up it. in the end and you find it. It looks like you think it's just a statue of the Sun Queen, but it's actually, that's the word. Her body's, she's essentially yeah, that mummified was in like wax or wood and she rises yeah. up and you kind of see But you see her, you see her corpse earlier. So yeah. that was a little confusing to me. Yeah. Because you see her corpse well, in a coffin earlier. So, yeah. Unless, counterpoint, unless that was Hoshi. Because oh, that's, that's in the because it was in the ritual chamber. Actually, okay, that makes more sense now. So Although, she would she can should we she go through that effort of burying Hoshi if Hoshi fucked up her whole plan forever? Maybe she crazy chicks be crazy, Bill. <laughs> Women, but just even the art assets of like all the Japanese ukiyo-e style, yeah. um, like tomb like paintings, all the paintings and stuff. Yeah, as someone who's nice. like done a lot of research on ukiyo-e floating world style prints and stuff. I mean, granted, these are carvings. are not supposed to be woodblock prints. But just, like, I love how there's even the detail of of, of in, in that Ascension tomb mm-hmm. where it shows the the, the younger uh, priestess supposed to yeah. be getting the power from the, the sun goddess. How it's just a fully formed figure, but just tiny. Kind yeah. of, it kind of looks comical, but sometimes yeah. it happens in Japanese yeah. illustrations. It's that whole time. hierarchy of scale thing. Yeah, exactly. It's really, yeah, I, it's I enjoyed goofy, it. But great. And... Like, if you take Tomb Raider and make another one with more charm and, and like, more interesting secondary characters for Lara to bounce off of. Yeah. You got a great game. Although, you and, know what? I wouldn't mind even going in the future. Like, her, her, the equivalent of her Sully would be, like, Reyes and Maori guy. Yeah. Because they're funny enough. Yeah. I can see. Although, he's a little bit, like... I, I was a little, a little offended little by the Maori American, guy. Exactly. He was a little smoke too, thank the goddess. Like, oh, like, I thought that was a little... There's was was one much. moment where he talks about how, um, when he was being beat up by his father when he ran into the ocean someday with his brother. I thought yeah. there was a little bit of kind of, like... Well, like, you could see... But it little, was, like, yeah. how... Like, <laughs> Yeah, it was a little, it was pushing it. I don't think it co- completely shot the bed with the lights on, but it was, on, a little but it was, it was pushing it a like... little bit. I think they landed on the safer side of it, but it was, it was come on, guys. yeah. And I, I'd rather get the, I'd rather, in, in the sequel, I'd much rather learn more about that character rather than what is like stereotypical, like, the goddess has spoken, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and Reyes is just yeah. like, I don't got no one to pay my child support. <laughs> They're both a little bit racial caricatures. Bill. I did not think that in a moment about Reyes. Hey, Sam, did you 
Japanese lady. She shows up in a kimono at the end of the game. What the fuck is this? That's because she's a, the, the white girl is the only one learned on the on the boat. What the <laughs> Whatever. Hell? The Irish. So Bill and I really liked Tomb Raider. Who did not like Tomb Raider was Grumpy Turtle, who sent us this email. Yeah. Um, having played the game twice, razzing missable achievements. I've got a lot to say. Also, there we go. Why are all the characters blah, blah, blah. so stupid in cutscenes, or at least three times when Lara could have solved things with guns and cutscenes? It doesn't. There is one thing where the pilot's about to get stabbed. That's what he says. Case yeah. in point. Oh, that crazy killer's walking towards the pilot. I better stand here and not shoot him. Oh yeah, P kill the pilot. No way that. She really happen. does just kind of stand there. I wonder what he's gonna See, do with that machete. I in those moments, I didn't find feel that. I guess it's because I empathize so much well, that's with the Lara. Thing. She's not a she's a survivor. Like she's not I'm... turned into Lara Croft. She's no. still a college. Now student. at the end of this game, she would absolutely have yeah, shot she, that motherfucker in the head. <laughs> but anyway yeah. and is it just bad writing that characters are so dumb in cutscenes? could it be something else we were supposed That's to believe that the teacher writing, was though. a nice guy seriously I did think that was dumb when Sam's like I met this guy Matthias he's just kind of weird but he says he's a teacher That's okay. what I'm saying. but Sam's I an idiot. I will also throw out there that if I've just been on this creepy island mur- of murder <laughs> I'm gonna maybe smile the first guy I hope Sam doesn't show I hope Sam's just like the cook on the on the, on the next ship or something like that not really interacting with anybody and yes he he objects that oh, a, a, the game is about a woman overcoming trials and becoming stronger through them you're still ultimately on a quest to save a damsel in distress I felt more of a connection to Roth and would have rather the game was making me save him over Sam maybe that's just me liking his character more I think that her saving Roth would have been more about her father issues yeah her working through Which her father I'm fine. issues you can worry about that in a sequel but yeah, and I this feel game... like making the game about her working through her father issues would have been clouding what the game is this about this is more about her basic survival yeah you can worry about daddy issues will be the next game yeah, yeah. So. that would probably be called Tomb Raider 2 daddy issues <laughs> As for as for gameplay goes, I've never been able to get into third-person cover-based shooters. I've tried, I just can't like them. But I enjoyed the way they did it in Tomb Raider. I liked that, too. No snap to cover, no button for it. She just automatically crouches yeah, and hides behind true, stuff. Yeah. It felt natural and not like I was working to avoid being shot all the time. I agree. What I also liked about it, it was, it was kind of a nice indicator that you've entered a region where there are enemies mm-hmm. or where you've gotten out of a part where there are enemies. Yeah. It felt very organic. What weapon do you use more often in that game? I, I was, tried to stick with bow and arrow more. Than I tried to stick else. with bow and arrow. Well, it's I the really choice. Yeah, I did. Like, I always fall on assault rifle eventually. And a shotgun that sets people on fire. I love all this dumb upgrades you could do on your weapons, but that are on your weapons. Yeah. Like at the end of the game, my bow and arrow looks so ridiculous. It's got a dowel here. Oh, you got the competition, bro. You look like Gina Davis at the <laughs> at the Olympics. <laughs> and like it's amazing. Like also, not only do you get a fire arrow, but a fire arrow that magically shoots out gasoline, creates a giant pool of fire around whoever you shoot, yeah. causes an extra. Uh, the quick time events including going down the river and such felt like they are made hoping you'd fail so you could see the horrible death animations speaking of I felt the death animations added zero to the game I suppose they did punish me for letting Lara die by showing me something I didn't want to see but it didn't accomplish their goal of making me want to protect Lara it didn't feel right in this game aside from the first time you kill someone with a gun there's no real gore when you kill the bad guys why is there so much when the player dies not consistent if they make another Tomb Raider game I hope they remove the death animations as they didn't add anything my counterpoint to the gore thing was I agree that your deaths were gorier than anybody else's but did you get far enough did you unlock it so you could do like quick kills with your weapons so i upgraded the fuck out of everything because i ground ground i grinded 
And um, you can get to a point where if you have put enough damage into a character, rather than continuing to shoot at them or whatever, you can press Y for oh, close and then you just and do like a quick shot kill. underneath the jaw. Yeah, yeah which I were did, I which were that, yeah. I think were the counterpoint to that. It's like oh well, You're no, Lara's executing gonna, people. You yeah. are, you are, and it's like you at that point you become a, a badass murderer. Yeah, I was like fighting. Uh, there's this uh, one part you're fighting a, a bunch of uh, samurai at the end. Yeah, and yeah. You're, like, fighting a samurai guy, you grab him by his hair, yep. shoot the shotgun underneath his chin, and just blammo. Yeah. Like, how is it the Japanese guys aren't just suddenly running the other way when they see something <laughs> like that? Yeah, it's a fire this shotgun. tiny white lady in a tank yeah. top. It just exploded that dude's well, head off. I would not have. I would not have had a, a problem with the um the violent deaths if some if, if if not all of them were so violent but yeah. even like there's one part where you're like it's towards the end of the game where you're doing a lot of stuff by this beach while your friends are fixing the PT boat and there's one a couple bits where you could fall into the water and that's an automatic death thing. yeah and I thought well uh, was she just gonna get by uh, I, I was waiting to see like if I die in this section how violent and stupid it's gonna yeah. be I assume well I'm probably gonna get eaten by a shark or something well, like that well you just hit your head on a rock no but even then she falls in the water survives that but then there's a current of water that slams her against the shoals and that's and she gets like a pierce all these different parts of her body. Oh, that's seriously, what kills her. I didn't see. That. Yeah, and I was like, you know, the water's trying to kill her. Not the fact that she falls in the water, but the water. Yeah, it's like, oh my god. Jesus. I will say this: I felt that they were gratuitous, but more than anything else, I felt it was gratuitous that the game needed you sh- you to see them over and over yeah, again. Yeah, it was like it was it was a Tomb Raider equivalent of like the Final Fantasy summons. Yeah, or something like, like that. I, I was wouldn't. Like, Come on, guys. I, I'm not gonna say that I enjoyed them, but I would not have objected to them so much if they made me watch it the first time and then yeah. the second time they just fade to black. I like, would assume in the next game, like I would assume you'll still have violent death scenes, but they won't yeah. be so many and they won't be so bloody, or yeah. at least they'll be skippable. I mean, like, be like I said because... before, I canceled my game because of well, one like of those said, I thought fucking there was gonna be, animations. Especially with Rihanna Pratchett, they got a quote unquote real writer to work on the game. I thought there was going to be some kind of like thematic reason for all the the super violent stuff happening to Laura. Well, and there really wasn't. It was just the, an excuse for them just to kind of I sh- will say this. When back in the day when they showed a cuts they showed scenes and all the male journalists freaked out about them because they showed Laura being um what seemed to be Broke molested in, yeah. in a situation like this. I don't know if you remember this. I didn't really feel that way until someone bitched about it because, frankly, that's kind of what it's like to be a woman yeah. in that sort of situation. If I'm in that situation, you better believe I'm going to get groped. I'm going to. I would like to think that I would do something about it, but most likely take it and cry, yeah. and feel like shit afterwards. And when I played that, I felt that like when I saw these terrible things happen to Lara, there was a part of me that felt like this is how shitty it is to be a woman <laughs> sometimes, you know. And it's like, you know, and I was thinking, I'm like, well, you know what, if, the, if what happens is a bunch of dudes play this game, and they go like, it sucks to be a woman when, th- when you're not able to f- defend yourself. Well, it's the rare game that, sh- it, that sh- it's it's a sympathetic, non, non-titillating non version of showing how violence and just threats of violence against women can be. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's for... I agree that it was overwrought. But I felt like it wasn't necessarily, and I felt like it went on too long. Although, if you're swallowing down a hill... I don't think they really had to show it each time you fuck up. A pipe being jammed up under your chin. That was your the brains. most gratuitous one. Well, that was the one that made me cancel like, my game. It's not even that, but and then, then she's she like struggles. wrestling with it. Oh. <laughs> like, that was the one like that made George me cancel Romero my game. zombie shit. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I have to have a problem with that so much because, like, I'm used to zombie movies, horror movies, gruesome stuff. But I was really surprised to see in this, like, PG 13 rated game. Yeah. That was, that and was then the you one can't that made me avoid most of the shit. You're going to see it over and over again. Yeah. Like I said, the first time maybe, but after that, 
Jesus Christ, guys. And like it's I said, just... if they if they had drawn a parallel somehow with like this 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 crucible she's going through with like so, with some kind of payoff at the end, I, I could. I guess their argument, their kind of argument, would be with those were the odds. Like those are the odds. It's like it's either survival or brutal death. That's what they're trying to say. That's. I mean, it's better than just a screen of blood that says in written in blood. You dead. You died. I, mean, I don't know. I would have preferred. I would have preferred that, dude. Yeah. I really would have. I think. Like I said, I felt that that was all part of just the grim, brutal nature of this game, and I'm looking forward to a Lara Croft game that maybe is not as grim. If they gotta do that. They gotta get more creative with the deaths. Either, like, either, Ugh, either no. tone that that shit down, or you gotta get like Saints Row crazy with like. Her head explodes. Yeah. Her breasts shoot out lasers and burst into flames. Or, you know, God knows what. I don't know. So Grumpy Turtle goes on to say, now on to non-Tomb Raider stuff. It's time, Annie, the long-awaited and put-off weekend. You better have World of Warcraft all installed and ready to go. I've got a Tarn named Tillamook this weekend? sitting at level one waiting for you. Details for server and such are on the Steam group. So what is happening Saturday anytime after 12 is not going to mind in, and Sunday after 5. Come on, Annie, it'll be fun. Is he? No, it won't, but I will play World of Warcraft with all you motherfuckers. So, friends, I now have a computer that functions properly. I will play World of Warcraft with you. Everybody hop on our Steam group. Uh, Grumpy Turtle has a thread going about this game that you're going to make me play. I'm really going to have a super good time. Well, he's saying Sunday is good for him. We'll get on the Steam group and talk about it. Bill, turn on Steam. Oh, I accepted the invite last night. I'm so proud of you. World of Warcraft! Grumpy Turtle also says the Scott Pilgrim DLC came out. So that oh, is a, that. that is That's multiplayer. I, I bought it. That is a multiplayer night I would genuinely enjoy and not want to die during. World of Warcraft! I want you to play. I'm in the most. Anyway. Well, yeah. Does he list. So he says he, he uh, there's details for the server because I forgot we all have to be on yeah. the same World of Warcraft. Yeah, it's server. it's in the Steam group. So everybody hop in the Steam group who's interested. Okay, I'll do that later on. Holla, say yeah. you want to participate and we'll plan something. Sometime this weekend. Yeah. We're recording on this on Thursday No, no, so I'm, I've got stuff too. going on all this weekend. It'd have to be next weekend. Oh, next weekend? Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it on the Steam group, not awkwardly in the middle of a podcast. But next weekend's Bioshock weekend. Oh, I keep forgetting that Bioshock is coming out. I mean, we may have that beat by the weekend, though. If that comes out on Tuesday and we either of us play obsessively enough, are you going to take the day off? No. Yes! Bill, I am an adult human with human yes, responsibilities. No, I will probably have beaten Bioshock if I played it for two days straight. Well, then you'll be able to ramble with me. I'm a little freaked out because on Amazon, the special editions, are you getting it from Amazon? Yeah. The special editions, uh, the estimated delivery date is for Thursday next week, not Tuesday. No! Oh, well, I just got the regular old editions. So oh, you whatever. did? Yeah. No, you didn't even get the, like, the $20 extra edition? No. Where it comes with, like... Remember the whole conversation about it was like I I get special editions and I don't use anything. But it's got them. a it's got a, a a print of something, <laughs> a picture that too small to really hang up and do anything interesting with. But it's got a plastic keychain. Come on, and if you spend an extra fifty dollars, nice. yeah, it does come the soundtrack. Yeah, you could just tore it. <laughs> um, no. Oh, no. I wonder. It must be the score, not just like the. I think so. You, we probably already have all the music, all the source <laughs> music from the game. Um, uh, anyway, yeah. I, yeah, this is our last podcast before Bioshock Infinite comes out. I can't believe Bioshock Infinite is actually happening. Well, I have to see. I'm not going to believe it until it's actually in my hands, because who knows? All the DVDs might be fucked up or there, something yeah, like that. Or, so, know. Bill, before going to Geek Week and Review, tell me about your DS9 book. Oh, I forgot about that. So I've never read a Star Trek novel before, so I ordered one. I found out that there's a series of novels that takes place after Deep Space Nine, which I'm interested in because Deep Space Nine is the best series. 
And also, it kind of leaves enough stuff in the air. You could actually do some interesting stories in the world after Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So I bought a book. I showed it. It's boring. It's balls. It's also not well written. <laughs> it's called, like, Avatar. And, like, the first chapter is all about the most boring character from Deep Space Nine. He's, like, this teenage kid named Jake. He's just hanging is out in the cave. Is that what's his butt son? Is that every Brooks' yeah. son? Yeah, and he's all sad. He's just sitting in a cave. I'm like, really? <laughs> this is, like, the first 20 pages of this book? And then, like, the rest of it's, like, the next chapter is uh, Kira, who's hot, but she's just, like, having a dream. Like, this is, I don't want this is boring! <laughs> but if you read long enough, Ensign Rowe from Star Trek Next Generation shows up. She was awesome. She was played Mich- by Michelle Forbes, who shows up in Battlestar Galactic. She was the head of the Pegasus ship, who was evil. Oh. She was. She was. She started off on Star Trek. Oh. Then she shows up, and, and she becomes the new head of security. And it's weird because in the books, all like talking about how sexy and lean her body is. This is the only character who gets sexualized that obviously right from the get go. <laughs> Why is it Jake? Well, other than Jake, yeah. <laughs> his, his erotic black hands caress the earth in this cave. And I don't know. I, I have to give on reading it. Uh, in front of the podcast, Ellen McCona, she gave me all of her sixth gun books. I might just stop Dude, reading this. Six guns? I'm so start good. Reading that this you got it. They've started recording the show now. They started taping the show. Oh, so really? you got to get on it before the TV show becomes real. Wait, what, what network is that going to be on? CBS? Okay, so it's actually going to be the actual. Carlton Cuse, who was one of the showrunners, oh, so yeah, I imagine that, that'll probably it. be ABC again. Yeah, the casting seems great. It's got Charlie Cutter in it. Oh yeah, it's good. He doesn't. He's got to film some more Hobbit shit soon. He's probably gonna j- abandon that uh, too and just go out and film it. the Hobbit. God Have you still it. not seen the Hobbit? No, I'm never gonna watch the Hobbit. Yeah, it's, you're not missing anything. I bought it. <laughs> I re- I bought it from iTunes this week, thinking, oh, maybe it'll be better as watching it from home. It is not any better. I never really enjoyed Lord of the Rings movies. Why am I going to like that? Charlie Cutter shows up. He's the first That's dwarf true. who shows up in the yeah. movie. Oh, and then, oh, and Roger Rabbit and um, Hunchback Notre Dame came out in Blu-ray this week. Blu-ray, honestly, animation on Blu-ray is the reason to have. Not for Blu-ray. Roger Rabbit, because that movie looks like shit. <laughs> it looks like well, garbage. I forgot, like, in order to do all the animation effects, they have yeah. to run that movie a thousand times through the optical printer. Yeah. So even from shot to shot, that movie is like... Uh, the animation does not look as pristine. Like, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, I was really amazed how good that looks on Blu-ray. Uh, that that movie starts with this overhead shot flying through the clouds and down into yeah. Paris. It's really pretty. And the way, like, the scan, it almost looks like they took all the elements and rescanned uh, all that stuff in because it looks so have. crystal clear. I, I almost got a little bit queasy during that part. Uh, but that looks gorgeous. Yeah, uh, Roger Rabbit has not aged as well. The Blu-ray is a little bit of a bummer because there's... Oh, a... it includes The Hunchback of Notre Dame too. They did this. They, with uh, they Jennifer this... Love Hewitt. They also did this with Mulan. They like took their least success, uh, successful Golden uh, Golden Age Disney movies and just kind of like, pushed them out in a Blu-ray with the sequels. I didn't know there was a Blue uh, Mulan sequel, but I guess that's on that Blu-ray that just came out this week, too. Lord. But yeah, yeah, I bought that half as much so me and Dylan can hang out and shoot the shit while, while watching that. But yeah, uh, Roger Rabbit, though, I thought there was going to be more uh, documentary stuff about the animation. Yeah. There's a little bit, but they talk about it. But yeah, not really that much. Oh, that's a, that's a great commentary, though. Yeah. The guys are just totally like shooting the shit, and they they, they sound like they're like they're, they're buddies. But it's funny, because you can tell these guys never do commentaries. It's it's the director, a couple of the producers, and the special effects guy, and one of the writers. Yeah. And you can tell they never record commentaries, because every time they talk, like, oh, this is this is me, it's Bob Zemeckis. Anyway, I just wanted to say this, and some guy, other guy, talking to me, like, yeah, it's me. I know you can't see me, but this is my name. Hi. Like, they have to introduce who yeah. they are, because they're afraid people won't know who they are. Yeah. To be fair, I can sympathize with that. We, um, on my other podcast, Lady Like Book Club, we're just all a bunch of white ladies. We all sound like a bunch of white ladies. You guys sound different. I started and... listening to this podcast this week. You guys... 
Well, see, I had we had a couple listeners going. You guys I don't sound know like who a, is who. Oh, really? Maybe I, think, I know you guys. I think we all sound like ridiculous cartoon characters. But so we made a video. You guys sound like the fucking gummy bears. You guys sound like that different. <laughs> we we made a video just to visually distinguish oh, ourselves. Oh yeah. And uh, it turned out pretty great. I'm pretty proud of it. But what's funny is I showed it to my boss, and my boss goes, "Well, where are the rest of them?" And I go, "The rest of what?" What? She's like, "The videos." And I'm like, "Jesus Christ, don't do." <laughs> It's a podcast, not a podcast. You guys podcast. have to record video of each of you recording the most embarrassing sexual parts of each book. <laughs> oh, man. So the next, the, a friend of mine, I saw a friend of mine, I haven't seen him in like eight months, and he comes up to me, he's like, oh, I started listening to Lady Like Book Club. I'm like, yeah, what do you think? He's like, I really like when you read the dirty parts. <laughs> Thanks. How, how explicit do you get on that podcast? We say the word clitoris a bunch. That's not, that's not we, explicit, We get pretty, though. Bill, we read erotic passages. Do you talk about juices? Yes. Juices flowing. Yes. Ooh. We talk about damp thighs. and oh, it gets, okay. It gets pretty, pretty adult rated in there. What's really funny, though, is that he said that, and then I went home and I edited the next lady, like, which goes live on Friday, and the, it opens with Bretta reading a sex scene, <laughs> and Bretta, <laughs> Bretta just oh reads God. it in the least erotic way possible. <laughs> it is it's amazing. No, Bretta, Bretta is a great speaker, and she's a great, she's a great part of it, but it's just so funny because it's just not, which is great because I don't want it to be, but it's just so funny. She's no Jim Dale. Because Foley and I saying. can't help it when we read the dirty stuff. We're like, yeah, dirty stuff. You're yeah. putting on a performance. Our voices yeah. dip down a little lower. Brenna, she just keeps talking like normal, except she's talking about. <laughs> she's just fun. reading the book. Yeah, exactly. yeah, she's not like it's the best she's, thing. She's not auditioning for the play. It's yeah, the best thing. Aww. Anyway, friends, I think there's enough of us rambling. Dear Christ, we're gonna take a little break and come back for the Geek Week in review. So welcome back to the Geek Week Review. Top of the Geek Week I would have this. Did we ever identify our podcast or who we are the week no. it was? Oh, no, not at all. We just started talking. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, this is the Boy Howdy Podcast. I'm Andy. Show. I'm Bill. This is the podcast for... What's my letter calendar? Who fucking know? Uh, what day What day are we supposed to be? Is this Friday's now we're uploading? Yes. The 22nd of March. <laughs> Coming at you. Figure this out by now. We just wanted to say if you if unfollow either of us on Twitter, especially Bill, if you want to. Andy was having angst this week. Although over... I wasn't angsting, I was just thinking about how there are a lot of people who I used to do be really bad about this, where I'd follow people out of social obligation. Yeah, and I was just talking about it's I was like, Twitter, no one cares. Well, it's like, I kind of gave. I was just care, trying to but... give like global permission. I'm like, dudes, if any of you dudes follow me on Twitter because you feel like you have to, yeah, don't. Well, especially with me, at least you you post maybe five, half a dozen times a week. I post. Dude, I post way more. Twenty five times a day. I post a lot. Half of my posts are retweets of people shitting <laughs> on each other, or <laughs> pictures from fucking 4chan of other people shitting on each other. Every day, I think I haven't posted to Twitter, or I haven't posted that often. Yeah. I'll go look, and I've tweeted eight fucking times. What have times. I done? Goddamn Twitter. So that is yeah, that is my standing uh, Twitter uh, philosophy is. It's fine if you follow me, but man, God knows no one is. There are some people to. that I would like. What I would, I would stop following right now for social obligation. But I don't want to be. I can. I give everyone else permission. I can't do it. Yeah. Because I know that some people would find it to. Do be you know who Arthur Geese is? 
He's yes. a uh, journalist for yes. uh, He's the re- head review I saw guy. you posted a dick comment about him calling him out and then you deleted it. Very quickly. <laughs> like, he was driving me crazy. Well, he started, he, when he reviews games, he's, yeah, uh, Arthur, he's, he's the head review guy at, over at Polygon. Um, he's the kind of guy who, when he gets a review game, he'll try not to spoil anything, but he'll spend the whole week obliquely kind of like dropping hints about whatever it is that he's playing. Yeah. Going, oh my God, this game, I can't say what it is, but it's totally amazing. It rhymes with Schleilflock Flimflinit. <laughs> and he started doing that with Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. And I was like, drop unfollow because I, I i've spent four years yeah bill has actively tried to not spoil himself in bioshock i've been rarity. an ass and accidentally spoiled him i unfollowed his ass the moment he started up that shit well then, then like then the, like i guess later on that day he started uh lambasting people on twitter for claiming that sim city could be played offline and then i guess the next day it was proven by some people i don't want to even talk about this it was a whole drama. fucking yeah it was i was like drama. i saw someone bitching about this whole internet drama thing and i looked it up and it was just exhausting it was and i was man it, i i could feel this giant internet drama bullet that i just dodged by unfollowing arthur geese and my life like online there's so much left less internet drama in my twitter feed because i do not follow him anymore or and like so i don't see his he's i don't see his retweets from other people the guy's a nice guy he's a total sweetheart but holy shit i hate internet i hate drama. but i know i am someone else's arthur geese we're like <laughs> they like me like on principle down there all, all six listeners who listen to us i know at least one of you guys is like ah, bill mudrick he seems like a nice guy but holy shit if you want to follow me yes okay i'm not gonna get super flattered thank god because i see some people will subscribe to like bots that will tell you when someone has untweeted you oh god so i can't imagine thing. how psychic how crazy you have to be to subscribe to that stuff. i can think i i don't want to i just don't want to even enter yeah. into that Ugh. It's just so, a friend of the podcast, Stephen Heinz, did point out, he's like, the one good thing about Facebook is that you can friend people and then block them and they'll never know. My nephew, I, I blocked. <laughs> well, his only status updates is he keeps on clicking on the spam thing that tells him if anyone has unfollowed him on Facebook. And so his every update of his is just literally two or three times a day. Click me if you want to see if anyone's unfollowed you on Facebook. Click oh, me. God. And he, he must, that must be all he's doing at school, just to see if anyone's unfollowed him. All. And, but I don't think he realized that this is posting to his his yeah. Facebook wall. And oh, so man. I blocked him after I was like, I can't stand this shit. I can't believe <laughs> can't we're talking about this. No this is so such let's do some Geek Week interview. Yeah, let's some. do so. Let's, uh, let's. Now that we've introduced the show. Disney announced that they're shutting down the Clone Wars cartoon, directed by Avatar The Last Airbender dude, David Filoni. As Lucasfilm animation is quote-unquote reshuffled, LucasArts also announced a Call of Duty-esque Xbox Live Star Wars game, which could be pretty nifty. Uh, but no one is quite sure if that game's actually ever going to come out. This is a game I guess they were going to announce back in September. Yeah. Uh, but that was right before uh, Lucasfilm made the announcement they were being sold to Disney, and so mm. that got put off literally almost like at the last moment, where it was like one of those things like the day before they were going to announce Well, yeah, because they were going to lose the news cycle. And so, yeah, this is just uh, the first real fallout we're seeing from the switch from uh, Lucasfilm being sold to Disney in that Star Wars, some properties being shut down and canceled by Disney. The stuff that was mm. put in the pipeline by George Lucas is now getting shut down. Poor LucasArts. They have the opportunity! There's no reason. Disney's been Disney hurting for a not, good video game division. Yeah, and LucasArts and is not Lu- it. I'm just saying, but they can make one. Like, just with just the, 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 the. They had, what's his name? They had, like, Warren Spector at Disney Interactive. Warren Spector, and they made I don't know what the games. hell he's doing. God, I'm I can't just saying. believe you fucked that up so bad. <laughs> 
God damn. I'm just saying. No, but uh, yeah, Clone Wars, which everyone says, I've watched some episodes of Clone Wars and was actually pretty decent. I know the movie that that series started off was terrible. A lot That's of people say it was really, really good. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's directed by one of the Avatar guys, so it can't be that bad. But uh, well, I guess they also canceled. I guess Seth Green was going to do it like a Star Wars comedy show. Yeah, I thought they were that they well into down. that. Did it? Yeah, that's, I can that, see that Disney not because I was so surprised when they announced that. But yeah, so um, I guess they're going to have to kill off. Uh, well, the other things I don't think they're going to have time to really wrap up this year. I think it's kind of being spontaneously Aww. shut down. Oh, well, that's sad. Which is funny because like they, I don't think they've really had a chance to bridge what's going on in the Clone Wars cartoon with what actually where things yeah. pick up with like Episode Three because it's yeah. the Clone Wars supposed to be filling in the gaps between Episode Two and Episode Three with the yeah. original prequel trilogy. And well, there's one character everyone's been waiting to see die because the main character of the Clone Wars is this. She's some kind of weird-looking chick who is, like, Darth Vader's apprentice. Mm-hmm. And, but she doesn't show up in Episode 3, so she's got to die some between, sometime between Clone Wars and the last live-action movie. We'll never know. So who knows? So maybe they'll have enough time to, like, like whip out an extra last episode or two just to kind of wrap things up real quickly. Hopefully. Because the show's been going on for five years. Yeah. And I, I'm sure they're kind of regretting not kind of, like, wrapping it up a little bit sooner. But Yeah. yeah. There are going to be a lot of sad little kids, man. Yeah, because that's... The, the, well, that's this is the other weird thing, too, because this is officially Disney pulling away from all the Clone War stuff yeah. that has kept... Lucasfilm propped up for the last yeah. decade, pretty much. They're kids to whom Star Wars means Clone Wars yeah. and not any of the movies. Um, I got the latest Lego uh, Lego catalog, uh-huh. which, like, for the last couple of years I've ever seen a Lego catalog. Half of that catalog has been Clone Wars, Star Wars stuff. Yeah. This last one, there's, like, one or two Clone Wars sets, but now it's suddenly made the switch. It's all suddenly original Classic trilogy Star stuff. Wars, yeah. They're trying to, like, yeah, they're trying to tap into people's nostalgia for the original films before the yeah. sequel to the original films start coming out because yeah. it's all Jabba the Hutt stuff. It's all B-Wing Fighter, A-Wing Fighter, Millennium Falcon. <coughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I feel kind of bad for only, like, yeah, I know kids are into Clone Wars stuff, yeah. and now this, all this stuff is going to be going away. And... Welcome to hell, kids. Life is suffering and your yeah. tv shows die it's all yeah, fine. well there's the other thing there's the 13 13 bounty hunter game which is supposed to take place oh yeah when it, have they said anything about that since no announcing nothing it? and like and lucasfilm won't say anything about it now hmm. with uh what with the transition with disney and everything like hmm. that well and supposedly there were rumors that was going to be a tie-in with the live action tv show that george lucas was going to make about Star i could Wars. see that maybe it was originally planned that way but it was pretty clear for a while now that the live action tv show was never going to happen yeah well if it wasn't going to happen before it sure as fuck ain't going to happen now yeah. although it's funny because Disney only fifty episodes in the can. Yeah, yeah. Ready, ready all, yeah all, they're all written. Yeah, and they have like, sets built. I mean, it's like it's pretty much. Can you ready imagine to go. being on the brink of like being the, that guy in charge of that series? It's like having a brand new car. So it hands you the keys. You're like, shut it. <laughs> crush it, God crush damn. it right now. And you know, like Disney's not gonna want to do that. Yeah, if they're pulling well from all this prequel stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna focus on what makes money. Well, that, is this in the show notes? But they said they were gonna do a TV show that takes place. Is it an animated TV show or something like that? There's going to be some kind of new TV uh, show thing that takes place in what they said uh, has been a a time and a place previously unexplored in either the Star Wars uh, TV shows or films. Are they going to go way before? Everyone's assuming it's either going to be Old Republic or it's just going to be stuff that takes place after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Because there's never been any films or cartoons about that stuff. Old Republic can be kind of interesting. Especially if if, uh, Lucasfilm wants to kind of bolster... 
attention for the old Republic game, mm-hmm. which is you know kind of flagging, I guess. That, that oh, would be nice. It's not. They just announced they have two million new subscribers so, after going free well, to play. Which it's it's getting better, but it's still not quite the blockbuster they were hoping it was well, going to be no, out of the game. Because there was no way they were going to be what they wanted it to be. I know, but still. Set yourself but up when you're fail. telling your when you're telling your investors like this is going to make millions of billion dollars, it only makes half fair, a billion dollars. It's not million Disney's dollars. investors. Disney don't give shit. Well, that's what I'm saying. I wonder if Disney could shut that down after a while. They were like, ah, fuck it. Theoretically, we don't, don't want to spend that... money on these servers well, what's anymore. What's funny is that it's exactly what happened to Star Wars Online, the last Star Wars uh, yeah, MMO, true, where it's yeah. like, oh, your license is done. Oh, See ya. Man, Star Wars. Oh man, that would suck balls. <laughs> It was announced this week that Modern Tales and therefore Girlomatic are being shut down within up. the next few weeks. I thought they were already shut down. <laughs> so I had to. I talked to someone who knew about comics, and I was like, you know, Modern Tales, and they blinked at me, and it occurred to me that maybe more people don't know because I remember being a big. We deal. have to explain what Modern Tales so is. Modern or Tales was God more than a decade ago. More than a decade, yeah. No, it uh, was the first real attempt at doing monetization for web comics. It was a, a paywall webcomic thing. You could see the most recent installment of any given thing, and if the creator so chose, maybe like the first couple of pages. Yeah, and actually had con. Uh, um, you were explaining. Yeah, but it's otherwise it was all behind the paywall. So you do a monthly subscription, and um, people would get paid for their work. But Modern Tales was the umbrella site. It had a bunch of uh, specialty subsites underneath yeah. the Modern Tales brand, yeah. uh, like Girlomatic.com, which was a bunch of uh, female oriented. Yeah. Females. 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 So I'm going to tell a story now that I don't think I've ever said out loud. And it's I'm going to excise some guilt about Girlomatic. So comics are hard. Yeah. Comics are very difficult. Takes a lot of effort to write and draw and ink a comic. Don't don't do it yourself that way. I'm just saying this. It takes a lot of effort. When Girlomatic launched, the editor thought that... I should be allowed to participate. I, at the time, was working at a flea market, and I collected a lot of antique photos, and I had a website that I ran called Camera Obscura, where I would post pictures of, that I found that this I liked, and then ago. commentary. I know, it's crazy. I looked at my, because I looked at my Camera Obscura archives, and the first one was from 2002. Yeah. It's over a decade ago. I did this daily for a year, a little yeah. over a year. So the way Grillomatic worked was that you got paid based on page views. <laughs> I was the asshole who scanned photos and added a line and uploaded it daily for a year and a half. So I immediately had like 300 pages that you could click. And every time you clicked, that would be Did you make a dollar in my bank. Else? I don't know about that, but I made a lot of money. Oh, you haven't told me that. See, I haven't told you. Yeah. Ta- I, I didn't make a lot of money. No one made a lot of money. But, but no one made money. I off guarantee of you that I probably oh made more God. money than people. I would not say I made more money than Dylan or Erica because they were actually popular. Still making more money off of. I think when you look at all the people who contributed oh, to that site, because you think about how much work goes into a page of comics, and what I did, <laughs> Annie. <laughs> your jokes were actually funny. <laughs> I, oh I, it was, man, I that felt is so rough. bad. Girlomatic.com. So are your archives still up? On they're still on there. They're still up. What's funny? What got me thinking about For this the next too? Two days before the site gets shut down. I need down, to go back, yeah. and I was thinking about what oh am I going to do? God. So I'm probably going to go back and take my archives and throw them on Tumblr, which is just weird to think that I'm going to go back to something that I was paid actual money for, for a decade free, ago yeah. and put it online for well, free. You made so much money. I did not. I made a couple hundred bucks. You could, that's a lot of fucking but snow compared, cones. Compared to a lot of people. That's a lot of comic books. And in the end, I, I'm owed, I'm still owed X amount of money. A lot up. of us are. But, you know, it's yeah, it still... Yeah, it was... 
well, it wasn't mismanaged, but things like well, no, well, also monetizing web comics turns out that was yeah, that that was a it much bigger it didn't work problem to work out. People then. don't want to pay for things when you can get them for free. Yeah, the model that works is T-shirts and books. Yeah, really. And there was no merchandising options on that stuff. It was all yeah. just like I mean, the well, the well, website was well, not necessarily well constructed. What was it like ten dollars a month? For access to everything on, on just even I a subscription, I think you could get like a super subscription to everything on Modern Tales. I don't think you could. I think you had to. Subs- I remember you had to subscribe That's to each individual crazy. site. But this is ten years ago. It was ago. not, and it was like it was more like it was very much so a dude who put out a shingle and had a dream. Well, also this is before than... PayPal, so there are all these different yeah. like pay venues they had to use that were really yeah. archaic and sign up for and different sites. Oh, God, oh the dark days of web comics before yeah, Penny Arcade and yeah. fucking. Uh, Home Crunch. What's it called? <laughs> Homestuck. Homestuck just took over everything. Anyway. Oh, God. Yeah, Girlmatic. I love Home Crunch. That's my favorite cereal. <laughs> Girlmatic. That's a shame, man. It's oh, well. gonna be dead. I mean, there's... Yeah, Dylan McConaughey. But you know what? Home. I realize... It, I've been realizing more and more lately that I... You know what? I cannot... Every time I post something to a website that I do not control, I realize that I've just put a... Uh, I, I put a, a gravestone on that content. Because as soon as the website goes, it's gone. Yeah, exactly, I went back yeah. to check on uh, live. I, I shut down my live journal finally and completely. I had locked How most of it away. I mean, like a month ago. Yeah. And I went back and I looked at some posts that I remember that I really liked. <clears throat> Did you delete it? No, it's all private. I oh, it is private. Yeah. I wasn't gonna throw it away. It's like a bunch of my thoughts and feelings, important parts of my life. But uh, I went back and I was looking back at old posts that I really remember liking that involved images, and all those images are now dead because I hosted them on offline servers. Where all the ones that I hosted on my server that I had control over yeah, are still, still there. Up, yeah. So I've been trying. I've actively lately been like, if I'm gonna upload something dumb on the internet, it's gonna be on my fucking servers, so I fucking have it. Also, it's great to go to those directories. Like I have a directory that's just slash dumb. And I go to dumb, and I look at shit I posted on the internet ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's a little time work for yourself. Exactly, yeah. it's good times. So, man, I gotta stop. No more imagery for me. Like I'll tumble stuff, but only shit that's not mine. It's like, and obviously Twitter is. At least you can download but your it's own nice archives to have Twitter, like but it's a like, permanent record of your yeah, own stuff, like all, in me. your own database. This well, even mine. then, that's being hosted by an external company. But still, to some degree, I can control it. Well, exactly. You know, it's like I pay for it. Uh, ultimately, it's me signing those checks that means it keeps going. And worst case scenario, if my host dies, then I download it all. I put it on somewhere else. Yeah, man, um, man. Anyway, yeah, Modern Tales, Girlmatic. Welcome. Were we briefly on Modern Tales? Was, 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 was... Minus World? Minus World. Andy and I did three, like, three pages of a com- <laughs> webcomic called fair, Minus World. To be fair, Bill, you are a gentleman. Bill did this comic. He said, Annie, you should help. I came in and was like, uh, and then, and then, <laughs> that is what happened. Yeah, I think that was on Modern Tales. Yeah, I think for it all was. The, for all the week and a half we existed. <laughs> yeah. Where's our, where, she went Joe Manley and like, where's our paycheck? Where's our four dollars? <laughs> We heard. Yeah, I would assume he was everybody money. I'm just saying, that. Bill, oh, if you man. had if you had done Minus World and p- were put in the work to do a page every week, I would probably have been paid more money than you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. God. <sighs> where is like where, like I guess if you're doing a web comic, you just post it to Tumblr these days or something. Well, I mean, like WordPress has some really good plugins for comics, like Comics Press. I think most people like they'll host themselves. But yeah, there was a time like Modern Tales was like you could put you could just join this network and it's one stop shop. Yeah, you could glom idea. off of other people's traffic. I mean, like before that, like Keen Spot, I what like the, comics. If they tried that again now with PayPal and 
I don't know. No, it's not people to be merchandise. I think it's, we've it's, been. It's not the I think we've seen. I think you could do a network to some degree. It was weird to think that even web comics networks don't exist anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that whole model just kind of upped and died. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Well, but I mean, even really, like even, even like live. alliances. There wasn't even like, like a golden age. There was of that Keen stuff. Space. There was Modern Tales, and there was. I mean, even to a lesser degree, like Dumbrella, like yeah. people who would kind of band together, and that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I think if you're a creator now, you host. You have your own dedicated site with your own dedicated store and then if maybe you post a tumblr but do it you do it proactively so someone else you have a chance to put your own credit on there yeah as opposed to just being swiped the kate beaton story the kate beaton story forever oi oi i'm gonna for her birthday i'm gonna buy her a watermark (laughs) (laughs) Uh, with the success of sam raimi's oz the great and powerful movie rumors are flying that disney will not just make a sequel to the film but a new wizard and oz reboot movie in an effort to start a new merchandising empire separate from mgm's classic 1939 film. i thought that they had would have talked at mgm to make this goddamn oz movie no which is so weird this is the first time i can ever think of of a massive corporation make, putting a lot of money into making someone else's property look so good because, like, MGM has turned around and they're like, oh, well, pulled we Bill need to Mudren, do... Where they're like, <laughs> yes, this is technically only kind of legal. <laughs> Not really, but we'll pretend, we'll make people pretend yeah. this is a legally sanctioned product and it's sell it. It's weird. Well, because, like, I mean, uh, the, the Wizard of Oz books are, what's it called? Public domain. Public domain. Anyone can make a Wizard of Oz movie. Uh, but, no, the 1939, MGM's 1939 Oz movie is still copyright protected, and any kind of anything that's specific to that movie, any of the character designs, or any of the changes they made from the books that are unique to that film, you can't copy. But still, this new Oz movie, it still opens just like the 1939 movie where it's mm-hmm. opens in black and white, and supposedly it's like a 4 by 3 uh, ratio yeah. frame, and 20 minutes in when you go to Oz, it suddenly opens up and it's all full color and stuff like that. And uh, even the fact that the witch is green is—is yeah. is that something from? It's directly alluding to it. Yeah, but no it's one weird. would see that and think, "Oh, well, that's based but on." But there was a the big books. thing about how, like, they Disney had to go crazy to not use the exact shade of green yeah. as the Wicked Witch was. Just make it just like like that. That's what their lawyers deemed was the. the you know legal that there loophole. was like there was a lawyer with his sphincter snapped shut Seriously. during the entire production of that film. And, and I'm, I was, I'm, I'm sure at a certain point, it just came down to the fact that Disney has more lawyers than MGM. They, like, they yeah. could say, like, because MGM has, like, been broke MGM for a long been, time. Yeah, That's why you no didn't money. get a, a new Bond movie or a new Hobbit movie for a long time. I'm yeah. surprised, like, Disney just didn't come out and say, can we just buy this Wizard of Oz shit for you for, like, I don't know, a couple million dollars? And we got some money left over from this Here's Disney. Here's some $500 million. Show. Yeah, why not? Go buy yourself a new so pair of So instead of even doing that, they're just like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to half infringe on your copyright for that film. It's, but, but see, the thing is, is, it's not just so weird that Disney half infringed. Like I said, if they, they basically enriched a property owned by someone else. That's yeah, what that's, gets me. I'm surprised MGM doesn't come out now and say, hey, we're going to do a real sequel. They have. What? They have. MGM is? Yes. No, what? A, this is Gateway News. News to me. It's never happened. No, what's going on? Well, I can't remember. I read an article about it because MGM had for a couple of years been wanting to do a sequel, like yeah. a thing with those well, of us, and tried, it never came together. MG, no, it was Disney who did Return to Oz. So this is actually Disney's yeah. second. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah. At least Return to Oz looked pretty. Well, because it was based more on the books in a weird way. And yeah, not... the production design was really cool. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't man. going after this shitty Alice in Wonderland style to want to be Tim Burton bullshit like the Sam, yeah. Sam Raimi movie. Well, yeah. to be fair, they're going after they're like they're like if tim burton and the original wizard of oz kiss yeah, <laughs> bill, stinky butts. bill hates it ah. 
Anyway, yeah, but no, yeah, and MJM is like, oh, now our property is more valuable. Thank you, Disney. It's yeah. a weird thing. So they're like doing all this shit around it. No, but we got to go for the good. Uh, to, uh, we got, the fact that the quote unquote good Oz is, is the Oz with James Franco's face on it now <laughs> is just like a popular Oz. It's like, oh, that makes my balls itch. It's well, weird. that's the horrifying thing. I didn't think about this. Is this does give Disney the chance to reboot in terms of the pop culture imagination, The Wizard of Oz. By, yeah, they already announced they're working on a sequel to this, which this being a prequel to the original Wizard of Oz would suggest that they will remake The Wizard of Oz. Dude, that's that lawyer whose sphincter is snapped shut. <laughs> he, just, he just belched in dust and yeah! just burst into flame. Well, because, like, uh, the ruby slippers are unique to the MGM's the movie. Because in the original book, it was silver slippers. So if they do a sequel, it's going to have to be... Which is going to be so funny if they spent all this time trying to make... To differentiate. Make Disney's movie look like the but, Oz movie. And this, suddenly it's... So yeah. counterpoint... Also, all the Munchkins are black in the book? My question is, and I don't know... I genuinely don't know this. Maybe a listener will. What happens if Disney makes this based off of a public domain thing? Do they then own their version of it, or are they just are well, they that's, like that's any other creator yeah. riffing on? They have to put domain? enough stamp on this stuff, yeah. So it's obviously like they theirs. want to put themselves in MGM's position. They want to differentiate it enough that they empirically own it. <laughs> it's this bizarre tightrope. It's fascinating. I mean, what's keeping MGM from reissuing the original Wizard of Oz? Yeah, on DVD as the sequel to this popular film that just came out saying, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, you're saying enriching yeah. their, their, their property. It's bizarre. It is fucking bonkers. I can't wait to go, I can't wait in five years to read the book that comes out about all this crazy bullshit. Did you hear Peter Pan's essentially out of copyright now? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it had slid out of copyright, but uh, J.M. Barry, the guy who created Peter Pan, he gave all of his rights in Britain uh, to the books in perpetuity to uh, the great Ormond Street Hospital. Right. Well, I thought the whole point of the whole Peter Pan and the star catcher or whatever it was, was to renew their copyright so that they... I guess that didn't work out because I guess a brand huh. new Peter Pan book just came out in the UK last year. Mm-hmm. Those writers and the publisher did not pay a dime to to that hospital. You know what? And <laughs> no one the sentence to... you just said, they didn't pay a dime to that children's I hospital. That's the thing that sucks. Oh, Which man. Which is kind of emotional extortion if the copyright has passed. You're like, but we got dying children. It's, 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 like, it's one thing. It's like, oh, MGM doesn't get the money. Yeah, know, it's yeah. another thing to say that J.M. Barry gave this copyright to a hospital <laughs> for children. To your crying. I think they're just mostly helping meth heads these days. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But yeah. Oh, man. But that is anyway, so weird. Just the idea bizarre. that. Well, on top of Disney, Disney owns Marvel. They own Star yeah. Wars. They own Pixar. The fact that they're essentially trying to twist Wizard of Oz so it's now, now there's even yeah. something that's not even public domain, but the most po- popular version of it yeah. is another studio's thing. It's weird. It's insidious. I'm just saying. I just want to give those lawyers high fives. I'm like, that is evil. <laughs> I just want MGM to counterpoint by making wars the star. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, yes. (sighs) Moving on, Ron Gilbert, having completed his work on the cave, has left Double Fine. Uh, He tried to commit suicide twice, but they caught him at the last minute. He's gonna go make a weird game, shitty game. (laughs) He's gonna make a game that's not actually that good, but it's super hilarious. I liked the game. It's gonna be a game filled with bacon and Reddit jokes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, he already knows. Isn't he like making an iOS, like, Pirate-themed puzzle game? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's got to toot that horn as long as he can. <laughs> hey, wow, this is fast and aggressive It's Ron Gilbert. No, it's We're just... just angry at him for not sticking around long enough to finish the, the Double Fine adventure game. <laughs> oh, did you see Double Fine was having a uh, uh, a poll uh, yeah, to, to, see, name to name the name game? the game? Yeah. 
the names were kind of goofy, but yeah. Well, it's it's going to be an adventure. I mean, like. What's point? Just call it Red. Psychonauts. Doesn't mean anything. I don't know. Psychonauts. I mean, this sounds. Was a Brutal goofy Legend game. wasn't was like that it much sounds, of a name. But no, I. But those game, game titles are perfect for those games. They should know? call it. Double finds the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Jesus Christ. Uh, I can never say his name right. John Ricatello left EA. Johnny Tortilla. Johnny Tortilla. Uh, yeah, he, he, he did, he, EA did so well in the last year <laughs> that they said, you're legally, we can't, you, you made so much, so much money for us. We want you to go make money for the Great Ormond Street Hospital. Did you see that his, his, the terms of his severance or his, his being fired is that he's going to be paid his wage for the next 24 months? <laughs> Don't feel sad for him. Yeah. Have you ever heard Chris Rebo's The Ballad of, of John Ricciatello? Yeah. I didn't hear about that until, I think when Dead Space 3 came out this week, mm-hmm. somebody pointed out that that fulfilled his prophecy of all yeah. the titles that he will release someday. Yeah. Yeah, so John Ricciatello, he was the head CEO of EA, the video game publisher, one of the biggest in the world. Yeah. Probably the second biggest, only compared to Activision, yeah. who publishes the Call of Duty games. <clears throat> and um, World of Warcraft. And, yeah, and World of Warcraft. And so John Ricatillo, he left EA this week. He was seemed like a cool guy because when he first came in, like five or six he years ago, stuff. he did the EA Partners. Program. Yeah, he spearheaded the creation of. When he first showed up, he was like, "Yeah, we want to do games like Mirror's Edge. We, yeah, we didn't want to just like make it a, a make EA this this the studio that makes nothing but sequels, but we want to we still want to make sequels, but we yeah. also want to like invest in new properties to because he was smart enough. He's like, you gotta exactly, you gotta do other stuff. You can do you can do the cash cows, but you have to make new cash cows. Which yeah, the guys from Idol's Thumbs podcast they did a whole ballad of John Ricatello about his his, his 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 plan to do this, and suddenly he gets broadsided by uh, the guys from Activision who like <laughs> convince him that no sequels are the way to go. <laughs> And, uh, which is funny because that's pretty much what happened with, uh, yeah. with, with John Riccatello because his plan to try to grow the EA brand with, uh, original games kind of didn't quite didn't work out. Didn't really pan And kind of wound up with EA twisting games into weird shapes that they weren't originally designed to be like, like Dragon Age and Mass Effect where those games kind of evolved into weird ways where like Mass Effect wound up becoming kind of a third wars, uh, third person Gears of War shooter rather than a like with an awkward mu- multiplayer aspect. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I just yeah. want to say real quick. Did you like how in Citadel, when you're wandering around the um, the arcade area or whatever, you hear all these conversations of people in combat where they're transparently talking about multiplayer? No, I didn't hear about. It's that. It's really great. You'll be wandering around and you'll hear these characters talking about combat scenarios, and the implication is it's within the simulator. Oh, that's but hilarious. when you stop and listen to them, they're talking about tactics for the multiplayer. Oh, game. that's pretty cool. It was very cute. Did you see the high scores on some of the arcade cabinets? Yes. Yeah, it's all like TRL Lasonian and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he, John Ricatello had a very specifically in the last year, he had a really rough year because last year started off with uh, Mass Effect 3 coming out and the whole fear over its ending. Um, then he had uh, Knights of Re- No, actually, even before that, Knights of Re- Old Republic came out, launched yeah. to. Uh, it did pretty well, but it did not... It did not... They wanted it to do ass-blastingly well. It only did well. Yeah, exactly. And then this... Well, I guess Dead Space 3 just came out, and I guess that didn't sell well. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was a super game... Uh, super expensive game to produce, and I guess that, that kind of tanked. And the, the last thing being the SimCity thing. I'm assuming he was already kind of out the out the door by the time the SimCity game launched and got all fucked up anyway, but... Yeah, I guess this was... he's like... He took responsibility. He's like, we didn't do well. It's yeah. my fault. I'm leaving. And yeah, so I'll be curious to see what he does next. Be curious to see who they get to replace. Well, him see, in. that's the thing. It's like he was not the worst case scenario for EA. Man, I'll if be you didn't like Mass Effect Three, if they get somebody who really is into sequels and just kind of like grinding out like uh, uh, 
That's what it is. I mean, that's what they are now. Grinding out Call of Duty clones. Did Can you, you see what the, the next Mass Effect game is going to be like? The rumor is that the next Dragon Age game is going to come out this year. Is that bad? Well, I mean, that's no time to make a Dragon Age game. It's a Dragon Age game. There's a it lot of money work as long game. as it makes money. Oh, man, oh my god! I feel game money, about, money, man. money. Well, oh, I forgot. Also, uh, last fall was they also did uh, try to reboot uh, Medal of Honor for the second time. And that game didn't sell oh, at yeah. all. Oh yeah, was it Warfighter? Yeah, just yeah, called? just within the last year, there were like four or five major project uh, projects from EA that just completely fell on their ass. I went to 7-Eleven the other day, and they had um, Medal of Honor Warfighter Slim Jims still sitting on the shelves, which is what made me think. Like nine-month-old Slim Jims. Exactly. Jesus Christ. I can't believe they came up with a game called Warfighter. 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 And that was the second it, That was the second time in two years they tried to reboot Medal of Honor. Because the first one, he had the big bushy hobo guy on the cover. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they had the dude with the... Yeah, and no one bought that, and they had the Warfighter came out last fall, and no one bought that either. And it's just like, man, EA, come on, just make... More good Mass Effect games. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's the thing that, like, e, like EA kind of going down the toilet and in the desperate hopes to kind of make their games more profitable, yeah, took games like Dragon Age and... It should have a Facebook game. It should have yeah, a mobile game. Especially Bioware really got kicked in the ass by that. Yeah. Where it was Bioware's games. It was it, it, it resulted in the real watering down of the Bioware. Well, it's like because it's like Bioware. You can't you can't be really good at this niche. You have to be more to, to more to more. Yeah. And it's a, it's a shame that uh, I think even the Idle Thumbs podcast even mentioned this this week. What with uh, Riccatello's his lust for new properties, it would have made sense instead of trying to turn Mass Effect into a third person shooter. Uh, take another game and try to make their own like original IP that's a first-person shooter and let yeah. Mass Effect be its own thing. But then, like, if you're trying to make a more marketable game, make a more marketable game, but don't take this game that started off as one this one thing and torture it into this new shape that it's not really fit for. Yeah. And I don't know. Just... I felt like the combat was always awkward no, in the Mass Effect. Was, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. The combat is the least of Mass Effect's problems, yeah. or especially Mass Effect 3's. But you know what I mean. With all the weird... Uh, the single player having such a reliance on what you're doing in multiplayer in Mass Effect 3, there's some weird things where they're trying to... Just didn't make sense from a gameplay perspective, but obviously we just pushed in there just to make some extra sales. And well, it's, didn't EA have a prerogative a while ago? They're like, all games will have multiplayer. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah. So that's that's it for John Ricatello. Poor guy. What else? Twinkies may be returning by this summer. Yeah. So I guess uh, whoever got bought the rights to Twinkies at a bankruptcy sale. Yeah. They said they came out and said, yeah, guys, if if the FCC. Is the FCC Federal Communications? Why are they FDA? Even FDA, or was it the the the? If these Twinkies have Wi-Fi chips in it, they <laughs> got to get the FCC involved. No, the FDA. If 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 whatever, if if the sale the Twinkies brand gets approved, uh, yeah, there will be Twinkies. Oh, the F- that is the, the FTC. FTC. That's the Federal what it Trade is. Commission. I'm yeah! trying to figure out which federal FCC bureau you're trying to speak There will be yeah, to. Twinkies back on the shelves by this fall. Huh. There was a new Mickey Mouse cartoon released this week. I've not seen it. Croissant Technically two to weeks away. Wait, how do you know when the name if you haven't seen it yet? Because you have a link right there. And it's oh, really? You didn't see it? Video.disney.com slash watch slash croissant de trump. Uh, well, this is also because we skipped last week. That's that, that's two weeks old. So most other people who are Annie have probably already seen it. Yeah, no, it's really cute. Silent. Well, it's not silent, but there's no dialogue. It's mm-hmm. a very retro, like old, almost like black and white uh, mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, Mickey trying to get croissants. To help Minnie in her new French bakery, she's just open. Aww, it is very goddamn cute. I guess it was uh, put together by a lot of the Powerpuff Girls. 
It's all oh, flash really? animated. It's not hand animated, but it's huh. flash. But it's done really well. It's 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 nice and organic and hmm. yeah, it's very goddamn funny. Yeah, I'll have to watch it. Okay, cartoons. In news that made Annie cry at work no less than three times. No. Veronica Mars was kickstarted this week. Why does it make you sad? What a fucking weird thing. I swear to God, I just saw the words Veronica Mars Kickstarter and I started tearing up. I watched the video, which was very funny I and very well done. I seen it, yeah. I just started crying uncontrollably, just weeping at my desk. Really? I forgot. I mean, I just, those characters, Veronica Mars just hits the right resonant frequency of so many things for you know, me. Veronica Mars like 65 with grandchildren now, right? <laughs> that was 10 years ago. It was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's in time for her 10-year high school reunion. Oh, is that what the joke is going to be? Yeah. Well, that's See, I didn't watch the video. Been, I just saw Veronica Mars. Well, no, no, no. The, the joke is literally... The, you need to watch the video. The video is literally... <laughs> it's Kirsten Bell in her home. <sighs> and she walks in the living room, and there's, like, Dick from or, from Veronica Mars sitting at her couch eating cereal. And she's like, what the uh, fuck are you doing here? And then all of a sudden, uh, Aaron Eccles walks in. And his her dad is in the kitchen. It's so good. You gotta I'm watch sure, it. I'm sure they're uh, kicking themselves for putting so much work into that video now. Because <laughs> they did no, not need to do no, it. No, because it's really... Tr- it, that oh. video makes you miss Veronica Mars with just this ache in your throat. I still need to only watch like, the first... How long was it around for three Isn't or four seasons? Three I watched seasons, the first two seasons. That's all you really need to watch. Because the third season, they kind of... They got their knees taken out halfway through, and they had to awkwardly wrap up the mystery, oh, and then really? they had, like, a couple of awkward, like, random... Oh, that like, Okay, so I've week. seen the good part of it, Ryan yeah. How much did you donate? I had not actually donated yet. Oh! <gasps> I'm bad. Guess what? Get on They're that. doing okay <laughs> without me. Uh, yeah, as of right now, they have made, uh, they've raised $3,767,000 out of the $2 million they were asking for with days to go they've almost doubled their budget so what's interesting is that this is the first time you've seen in gaming where developers are cashing in on nostalgia like the other the two dueling really well doing kickstarters right now are this and the planescape tournament or torment kickstarter um and uh, they're both banking off this nostalgia what is most interesting about the veronica mars kickstarter is it is genuinely a property that could not be funded in any other way but Warner Brothers is distributing it. I would assume they're going to be funding it more too, because I yeah. can't imagine this movie being like, for even for like Warner Brothers had said. I mean, they it's sort of repeatedly. Once taxes and shit are taken it. out of this, yeah, they're gonna have this barely four million dollars is barely enough to cover like catering and lighting expenses yeah. on even even the smallest dot com romantic comedy. Yeah. So unless I'm assuming this might be like a direct to DVD video, and maybe I bet you they're gonna do limited, a limited release. It will be a released in release. Veronica Mars's hometown. What's her <laughs> Seriously. name? Seriously, who's the Kristen Bell's? Kristen Bell's. Kristen Bell. That's right. Yeah, it's gonna be like at her high school gymnasium. That's yeah. where the premiere is gonna be at. I'm, you know, um, which is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Hopefully, God willing, they will do a screening here in Portland. I threw down thirty five bucks. I think I was going to pitch 50 because that was when you'd actually get like a hard copy. Too. Yeah, you actually do you get like a copy of the script. Well, yeah. I think at 50 you get like a DVD or something. Yeah, too. that's what I, yeah. Yeah. Which I saw people complaining. It's funny to see that like people who have not been paying attention to Kickstarter, people who mm-hmm. are especially not into games, yeah. are just noticing like this kind of uh, how Kickstarter works for the first time. Because I saw yeah. people complaining about how, but they're making a profit on this. Like they were doing the math about how like. If you pitch, if you donate 50 bucks, all you yeah. get is the DVD and like a shirt. And they're like, that's yeah. not worth 50 bucks. It's like, like that's not that's what shit, that's not the is. Is. It's not. Your, 
this is why I can see why people get frustrated with Kickstarter thinking it's just a pre-order system. Yeah. No, it's not that. A lot of people do use Kickstarter as a pre-order system is why I think where it gets confusing. Yeah, but this year you're pre-ordering the existence of the movie. Yeah. You're like, yeah, oh my god, people are fucking crazy. And then, well, it's like, of course, now, like, in the fucking variety and shit, you know, people have been writing articles, is this going to change the future of Hollywood? No, they're going to make the world's tiniest budget little direct yeah. Netflix movie. Yeah. That's, it's 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 just because the Double Fine Kickstarter does did well. That, that doesn't actually, hasn't changed the face of, like, triple a gaming it's yeah it's it's fucked up the face it's of an alternate indie gaming it's just it's, yeah it's an alternate avenue for yeah. uh finance yeah but you either have to be very good at, at whatever product it is that you're coming up with or have an established fan base you're preaching to, i would argue you but, have to have an established fan base yeah like for example just to throw up another thing another yeah. thing is like oh well, this will fuck up the way hollywood works was um kevin smith's whole red state tour you know yeah you, you see that but hollywood Hollywood. Uh, Seriously, and, and, and that open. wouldn't work if you were anyone but Kevin but Smith. But no, then they said like supposedly by the end of that tour that like they were having a hard time because it was seventy five dollars yeah. for oh, screening yeah. that movie and see uh, Kevin Smith talk. Supposedly by the end of that tour, that tour was like playing to like thirty people. I believe or it. Too. I'll yeah. believe it. But it's like you got to have the cult of personality to even get thirty people in the door. That's what it is. Kirsten Bell. Kirsten Bell. So you did not watch the fanboys Blu-ray that you got, which has Kirsten Bell and Slave. So Leia my here. wife, as part of our Gemma Arterton <laughs> tour, order, uh, she got from Target.com only because Target.com accepts PayPal. Uh, she ordered the uh, Tamara Drew and The Disappearance of Alice Creed, two very good Gemma Arterton movies. And they instead they sent her the Blu-rays of Step Brothers and Fanboys. Which is just like, it was like literally the opposite of these kind of weighty, meaty, female oriented yeah. movies. It's amazing. Anyway, Bill's reading the internet, so I'm going to go to the next point. No, I was just looking up the uh, reference for the next point. Go ahead. Uh, reading Frenzy is on Kickstarter. Reading Frenzy being a local mini zine uh, uh, shop, they really focus on small independent publishing. Reading Frenzy is reading friendly. <laughs> You can go get zines and gay porn. And Lots God of bless gay them. porn, yeah. yeah. that's actually where I got the small, like, the two gay porn comics I own. I bought it. Have you ever Frenzy. been down to the comic shop that's, like, two doors down from where Reading Frenzy was, where that was a comic shop, and in the whole back section was nothing but porn? No. Like, hardcore gay porn, pony girl porn. What? All the best porn. Oh, they had some of the, the, the dulcet Vor stuff we've talked about in the past, Oh, yeah? Too. Yeah, they had that was, just, like, on the oh, back Lord. shelf. I was really impressed by, like... <laughs> The, the vast variety of porn fetish stuff they had there. Yeah, your oblique Tumblr lady would love that shit. Um, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, so yeah, Reading Frenzy is, even in Portland, uh, this is a pretty famous, you know, yeah. Portland's got a lot of zine and comic shops. Uh, Reading Frenzy's uh, uh, a pretty old and, and really famous uh, shop run Very by prestigious. Chloe, who's who's awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, they got booted out of their space in downtown Portland. They had a pretty primo location. They and they've been there for 20 were, years. They were six feet away from Powell's? They were there before it was Primo. Yeah, I know. Really. Exactly. Yeah. So now it became Primo and all of a sudden their landlord was like, oh, well, I can get way more money from you than from someone other than you. Yeah. And boot him out. Did they say where they're trying to uh, reopen it no. now? Oh, okay. Because, you know. But they started to kickstart it to, to reopen the store. They need $50,000. They have 27 days to go. They've raised almost $10,000. So they're fifth of the way there. Of course, the world being the way it is and Bill being the way it is. 
I already donated 35 bucks to the Veronica Mars <laughs> and Kickstarter. And you can't afford to no, do Well, I want to see what happens with, like, I, I got a Bioshock Infinite is coming out this yeah. week. Got to pay rent in less than a week and a half. Yeah. Taxes due in two weeks. Yeah. As soon as that is over, I will throw money at this. What's well, funny that, like, that caught me two weeks ago when I was yeah. a little flush with cash and I would have given Reading Frenzy money. Yep. And, like, it's, it's still going on for a better part of a month. It's not like it's almost over. Yeah. But it's, like, funny that, like, yeah, I'm like, Somebody yeah. PayPal bill $10 so he can pledge to the Kickstarter. No, no, no. But I'm funny, I've met Chloe a couple of times and she's super awesome and I want to help her out. Yeah. Yeah, God bless. They're they're fighting the good fight. It is cool that they, the one advantage is that they, if they can move to a larger location, which Yo, is that's what they're, what they're trying saying. to they're do. They're trying to find a space that's so, uh, twice as big. Yeah, yeah. so God bless them. Yeah, so the most important news that came out this week, forget Veronica Mars, forget whatever Star oh, Wars. Boom, boom. What? Saints Row 4 was announced. <laughs> Out of the blue. At a release trailer. date of August 20th. It's coming. Did you see what the pre-order uh, things are? No. Uh, well, this is the same publisher there that uh, that did the Dead Island bullshit with, yeah. like, the severed corpse Deep lady. silver. And so this time they're asking uh, people what kind of pre-order stuff they want in their package. Yeah. Uh, do you, uh, they put a survey up online. If you just, like, Google uh, Saints Row 4 survey, you'll yeah. find uh, this pre-order thing. You want me to list off the things? Please do. Uh, you can choose from which of these you'd you'd want the most on a scale from hell no to aw oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Saints Row T-shirt, for, uh, Department of Homeland Saint Security. <laughs> Saints 2013 presidential campaign gear, pins, hats, Saint car flags. Oh yeah, because this I is- the premise of this game is that the boss has become the president of the United That's States. That's a direct sequel to the last one. Oh, yeah. well, so the, the aliens ending, attack. This ending of Saints Row Three, I almost. I almost wish there wasn't a sequel because the ending of it was so perfect. The end of Saints Row 3 is Boss showing up and declaring the city a city-state. Sovereign of all all you other fuckers because you can't handle this and I got this, so fuck all y'all. And she just boots everybody out of town and it was the most emotionally satisfying. Mute Mexican wrestler. You missed that whole speech! She gives this great Mine was, oh, oh, was the best speech <laughs> I have never felt like outs- I'm serious Bill outside of like Mass Effect and outside of that moment at the end of Tomb Raider where I killed everyone that was the most cathartic I moment had, I've ever I had I think my subtitles game. just said get out get out me king me king <laughs> Oh, yeah, so the boss is now president. So, yeah, one of the possible pre-order things is, yeah, presidential gear mm-hmm. uh, or a, vo- a voice augmentation device slash auto-tune device. That's the one I'm choosing for. <laughs> so you can tell, like, what's his name? Hello, how are you? <laughs> yes, I want to be in your your game. Uh, Pierce, Shandy, or other saint figurine. Uh-huh. Presidential briefcase with kinky handcuffing key. <laughs> Andy's going to totally go for that oh, one. Oh, of course. Dubstep doomsday button? <laughs> hell that is functional but not deadly in-game weapon replica huh so i guess maybe another dildo bat i don't know man oh that'd be great though uh johnny gat memorial statue oh no i totally want a johnny gat memorial Ah! statue a saint's bazooka themed poster tube poster tube (laughs) not a poster but it's just a poster tube eagle jet rc helicopter that'd be pretty i'm assuming that's for like in-game stuff yeah uh tie and tie bar Ooh, money clip that's kind of cool. I would totally... So my wife and I, we always, whenever we see purple and silver together, we immediately go Saints Row. She has a Saints Row shirt. I have a Saints Row shirt. Well, she we got like cars. a Minnesota Viking shirt or something. No, no, no. It's a really nice shirt. It's like yeah. a really nice button up, like, like dress shirt. And it's Saints Row colored. So she could probably get a silver tie so she clip can, and a silver well, tie. Yeah, so I want to get her tie, the yeah. tie now. I want well, there to be a tie. Uh, art book, steel book, 
White House security, quote-unquote security download card, presidential seal and or coin, uh-huh. cloth world map. <laughs> Rocking it old school. Same belt buckle. No, no, no. I want to say throw belt buckle. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Everything else is valid. Nope. Want this belt buckle. Want it so bad. The belt buckles are already been done. Want it so bad. I love belt buckles. Want it's it so bad. like a Saints Row Cock Ring or something so like bad. that. Oh my god. Wood cigar box? <laughs> Ridiculously amazing glass display case with lights. That's the last choice. <laughs> Which I would love to see how they package that shit. Belt buckle. Belt buckle. The Saints logo is so great. It'd be great, belt buckle. Yeah, regardless, we're getting a game this summer. Oh, man, that's that's fantastic. So this is interesting because they had... Oh, that's going to be One of the last things that Jason too. Rubin did before he left... Before TH Crew went tits up was he was like, this Saints Row DLC that they're doing is too was it much. Was going to be a bunch of Dominatrix stuff? Well, it was going to be... Is it going to be Matrix? Enter oh, okay, the Matrix, yeah. but it was Enter the Dominatrix instead. And so it was all about you having superpowers in Sealport. And so they just rolled that. He was like, this is too much for DLC. Make this the next game. Yeah. So that's why when you watch the video, boss is all like powered up and jumping around and everything See, I haven't like watched the video yet because I'm just saving oh, it for so a rainy great. day. Because when I saw the boss become president. Saints Row. President I was afraid. Saints Row 3 was a perfect mix it of was, stupid yeah, and awesome. Exactly. I yeah. just hope they can maintain that without that's, getting, yeah. like, you know, Burt Reynolds showing up in the game was fun. Uh, hopefully it's not like all Chuck Norris jokes or something yeah. in the next game. But we'll see. Whatever. No, Christopher Walken walk showing up. Yeah. So, that should be like a gang member, though. Christopher Walken just doing, the, like, the, the dance <laughs> up, and, up and down the wall. He doesn't really do combat. He's just kind of a distraction. Shows up. That'd be great. We should we should write for the Saints Row 3 so oh. this is so Bill Bill mostly does the Geek Week interview notes. He mostly runs the show. I very infrequently pop in to add things. <laughs> I literally logged in to go, to Google Docs to add this to see that Bill and it had just been announced Bill yeah. had added it already. Paramount announced that it made enough money internationally because God knows it didn't make the United just States. Squeaked on by. That they're going to make a se- sequel to Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. This person's not kickstarting this too at this point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You guys it love squeaked the by $200 million worldwide. I hear in the sequel, uh, they find a magic potion in the forest that turns Gretel into. No, Hansel into Gretel, so it's Gretel and Gretel making out. And, so and... my question is, is that they uh, filmed this movie and got this contract for this movie before Jeremy Renner was an Avenger. I would imagine his lawyer's got to be like, hey. he's in too many franchises to be in this shitty. I wonder if that's the only reason why they're making a sequel because they know got they Maybe. got Jeremy Renner by the balls. Maybe for an they extra do. Movie. Yeah. Well, my thing is, is that I just want to see Jim Arterton in leather pants kicking more ass. <laughs> oh man! What, the only thing that makes me sad is that they will awkwardly give her a love interest. What's in the, the next what's movie. the sequel? Uh, well, well, how does that movie end? Is, is, does it, it end ends, with, like, anything It ends with a classic 80s ending, D&D ending, where it's, like, off to do adventures yeah, and you see okay. a little bit of their next adventure. Okay. It's actually a, kind of my favorite part of it. So it'd be kind of like medieval Indiana Jones kind of thing going on. Ish. Not at all, but okay. I, it's going to be... <laughs> what is that? It's going to be... Um, modular it's, adventures. What I mean, it is, it's essentially like a D&D thing. It's like you, you have your, your party and you're just going to go off and have a new random encounter. <laughs> they could make a bajillion... If in the alternate universe where this movie came out in the 80s, they did make a bajillion Hansel and Gretel Beach Hunters movies. Have you uh, read the Hawkeye? Speaking of Jeremy Renner, have you read the Hawkeye comic yet? Yes, I told you to read it. Oh. Have you just well, no, the, the, the first collection just came out this week. Yeah. I'm thinking about throwing down for that. It's really Again, good. Again, not throwing down for the Reading Frenzy Kickstarter. <laughs> thinking about thinking buying about the Hawkeye, Hawkeye comic book. The Hawkeye comics are really good, even if you're not familiar with the that's canon. That's I keep on hearing. I it's, love the artwork I've seen. See, that's the thing. 
I think it's still a little too obtuse. I mean, they try to be really good, but there are still moments where I'm like, I don't know. Who is this? Why do I care? Yeah. But the art is great. And the composition in some of those uh, page, uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, like just the comic composition, the what page composition is some of the best. Matt Fraction is the writer. Who's going to be at Stumptown. Writer, That's one of the Matt reasons Fraction. I want to read this before He's that. He's a yeah. Portlander. Um, uh, ah, shit. David. Ogden Steers. A lot of very talented people. The coloring in that is so great. It's a limited palette. David Caruso. So good. I'm going to continue to the next note. The latest Star Trek in a Darkness trailer Dave came out. Is... Bill, I've not watched it. Tell me what happens. Let Life me guess. Benedict Cumberbatch glowers. That's glowers. Glowers. <laughs> well, it's obviously he is like, he's uh, Star Trek's, not Obama. Who's the bad one? Ben Laden. <laughs> ben Laden? He blows up some shit. Ben he's Laden. Like, Come and catch me in space. <laughs> and Kirk's like, I'm going to get you in space. <laughs> That's the new trailer. In Portal Two, the in space like little dude. No, I want you to be the booby trailer guy. <laughs> yes, yes. Benedict Cumberbatch coming to your house. He's gonna blow it up. He's gonna play Smog. <laughs> oh my god, he's gonna play a dragon. <laughs> okay. So, do you have you watched Sherlock? Did you see they started filming the new season this week? Did they? Did you see the what? how the second season ends? I can't remember. There are only like six episodes. I know I've watched There's, them yeah, all. I like being between I the first remember. two seasons. I've only seen the first two episodes. I hear it good. <laughs> but no, people are complaining about the new Star Trek trailer because it doesn't look Star trek enough because it's not a bunch of boring talking. It's stilted <laughs> pacing. It's actually stuff happening. <laughs> Fuck you guys. To be fair, did it that, is that what the trailers for the last Star Trek movie were like? Also, this trailer's not that much different than other trailers. But people are gonna, with every new trailer comes out, they're just more like, this looks like a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't look like a stodgy Star Trek I love. Oh, boy. You think with the knowledge that J.J. Abrams is not going to do have anything else to do with Star Trek if he can help it, you think people would be like, okay, whatever. This is J.J. Abrams' last contribution to the Star Trek mythos. Get over it. So, Bill, have you thought more about who you'd want to do, have direct the next Star Trek movie? I know you said that you'd rather, you'd rather have it be Me! a TV show. Uh, who directed Witch Hunters? <laughs> the guy who did this Dead Snow zombie Nazi movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why there's so many exploding viscera brains in Hansel and Gretel. There you go. George R. Martin. That. That's, I have to write an essay. That's my favorite for this <laughs> There week. you go, Bill. Who do you want to direct Star Trek? George R. R. Martin wants to write a bunch of dunk and egg novellas and turn them I into an HBO prequel series. Who are, what is dunk and egg? Those were his little novellas that kind of take place in the, in the Game of Thrones world. They're like off. You know, I, thought you, I thought you told me about this shit. No. Yeah, I've only read, read the books. Like, I guess, I guess the, one of these books was the inspiration of the whole Game of Thrones series, yeah. where it was just like in this vague fantasy kingdom. He was like, oh, I should make a whole series about this world, and that turned out to Game of Thrones. I think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he has a couple of slim novellas that he's written that take place. They're just kind of like satellite to the Game of Thrones worlds. I think mm-hmm. one. I think they all take place in the distant past. Yeah. I think a big deal is the hero of these books is supposed to be like the grandfather of Brain. 
Brienne. Brienne, whatever. The audiobook calls her Brienne or something like that. Um, but yeah, she's mostly she's supposed to be related to that guy. And that's how it really kind of ties in. Okay. Not that the fact that she's that character's granddaughter is supposed to have any impact on the Game of Thrones yeah. story. But yeah, no, so the, the, he come out and he said, I'm going to do prequel series. Everyone's like, motherfucker, finish writing Game of Thrones and talk about a prequel series. Jesus Christ. Oh, dude. What the hell are you worried about is fucking... George, George fucking R.R. R. Lucas fucked Dude, up his it, prequel shit. Does it come shit. up next week? What? Is New Game of Thrones like next week? Oh, shit. I keep forgetting. Oh, there's like new Doctor Who and Game of Thrones oh, starts Jesus off in a week. Christ, and a half. Dude, you so know that you care about Doctor on. Who. I can't. I love. I relish how much you hate Doctor Who. <laughs> how much you hate your indifference. I watched the Christmas special. I thought it was cute. Which what the most recent? The most one? the last two actually. Was the it most the recent one, with one the snowman that shows up. Yeah, it was really dumb. But I liked I liked sassy lady pants. Oh, yeah, she's going to be the new lady from now yeah. on. It's like, hello, I want to fuck your I was... <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to go on to the next note. This is really exciting. This is the other super exciting thing that came out this week. Super Giant Games, creators of Bastions, announced their new game, Transistor. Which it's is a Bastion, cyberpunk, fuck it. cyberpunk art nouveau yeah. sort of thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, the gameplay looks like it's similar-ish to Bastion, but... I think they said something maybe playable at PAX East this weekend. They did. Yeah. Which is funny, because the game doesn't come out until next year. Yeah. So, But it looks like it's... The gameplay looks just like Bastion, though, where it's a third... Uh, Three-quarter view, mm-hmm. hack and slash, yeah. just fighting bad guys with the giant sword. Yeah, you play a lady. In yeah. this Art Nouveau cyberpunk And she was so pretty, really pretty that everyone's painted pictures of her all over the walls uh, in Art Nouveau style. You don't know what's going she on. She stole... I like how her gear... She stole Cloud from Final Fantasy VII Sword, painted a big eyeball on it, same as possible. Right <laughs> and from Final well, Fantasy VIII... She, she distinguished the copyright. <laughs> <laughs> I learned from Walt Disney. And then she stole Squall's jacket from Final Fantasy VIII, and she's like, now I'm my own character. Malfon's Mooka. But no, it looks really pretty. And I guess you're also fighting robots, or maybe it's a helper bot. It's a like female robot torso with no head. Looks like some. Looks like this. Looks like this game takes place in Carly Speak McNeil world. <laughs> Which is not Actually, a bad oh, idea. Imagine a game where you're fighting as Jaeger and like that something would like be this. Red. Yeah. Except you're a female protagonist. This is pretty cool. So Bill, no, no, it's a female protagonist. It's Art Nouveau. Yeah. Come on, that sounds good. It's gonna be um, awesome. And it's the folks who made Bastion. They make good and shit. well, the, the the song in the trailer is obviously the same lady who did all the singing in, in Bastion too. Yeah. So at least even if the game sucks, maybe if for some reason at the last minute they have to swap out all the Art Nouveau stuff for fucking Tim Burton drawings. <laughs> at least the soundtrack's gonna be great. It unless, looks beautiful. Unless Danny Elfman does come in the last five minutes, go. Oompa, oompa, oompa. <laughs> <laughs> it looks. It looks beautiful. Bill, yeah. explain to me what. What? Oh, are you trying to talk about Gone Home and you yeah. just went E.T. Gone... Oh, like E.T. Go Home. Yeah. So this week is the week that after I have talked to Bill about Gone Home for like the last year, Bill finally noticed time. Gone Home. <laughs> well, there's no trailer for Gone Home. No, there was, yes. Bill. Oh, there was? Yes, there was. Where this trailer... Was this the, not the same trailer? No, this is a different trailer. They've done more. Explain the game's coming out later Gone Home Gone is. Home is a game in development that is set in 1995. You play a, an older sister who comes home to the Portland your Portland home after being gone oh, in Europe Portland. for like three months. Yeah, okay. And your little, you, there is a note on the door from your little sister that basically says, I'm gone, don't try to find me. You go into the house, which is empty, and you f- try to find out, you try to reconstruct what happened by just going through the house. You'll find like maybe- I used maybe, to do this to my sister all the time. She you'll find like maybe a receipt you know, okay. or you'll find like a postcard, you'll find a letter, you'll find just all the mundane things that our lives are filled with. And just by exploring this house, you unravel the story of what happened. Mm-hmm. It's just very, oh, 
this Is game. it all take place within the house? Yeah. Or are there all multiple all locations? All inside the house. Oh, okay. One house. Um, house. It's a shame this does not place, take place in the Tomb Raider world, because there just won't be one big audio log <laughs> or one big journal entry. Well, one thing that's Bear interesting Lord. is that, so the the kids who, I am I am friends with the folks who are developing it. The Fulbright Company are based here in Portland. Yeah. They're really solid people. Um, They have really strong feelings about game design. So during the course of the game, you can, depending, as you unlock things, you do unlock these audio diaries. Oh, you are, can. They're from your, when you're, when that demo, you're hearing one of the audio diaries. Oh, okay. It's from it, your little sister's diaries. But you have the ability to turn it off because he's like, I. They're like, we accept this is kind of an inorganic thing. Yeah. So if you feel like it's inorganic it's and you want to turn thing, it yeah. off, you turn it off. That's interesting. And then you have to more rely on the uh, environment yeah. to figure out clues. I've played That's a little good. bit of Gone Home, and it's so very, very satisfying. You bought a new computer mostly so you can play Gone Home. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Totally. I'm really excited about it. It's kind of like Dear Esther, but coherent. <laughs> I, I saw people calling it already Riot Girl Mist. Well, so this is the thing. They announced this week. This is great. They were able to license some Riot yeah, Girl Yeah, some Bratmobile. Yeah, it was yeah. rad. Did they do Oh, Bondage Up Yours, or is that X-Ray Specs? I can't remember. I See, I was uh, pretty much this character's age back in 1996. Yeah, so kind of like, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope there's a boss battle where you have to protest a Hooters opening up down the street. <laughs> Gone Home is amazing. Get excited about it. It's going to be so good. What's the main character's name? Can you name it? Can Kay- I be Mrs. AIDS? Kaylin? No, you cannot. You're a character. You're a fixed character in the world. Sorry, Bill. I'm assuming I can be my own character in Bioshock Infinite, right? Mr. <laughs> AIDS? I can name, rena- rename Elizabeth, too. I can name her Cheesesteak. <laughs> Mr. AIDS, you must go protect Cheesesteak. I'm just imagining doing the things that they do in, in voiced games. Where they go <laughs> yeah. out of their way not to say your name just so they don't have to worry Hello about there, it. Hello there, person. Uh, I'm surprised they could get... Uh, that's one of the ma- uh, the best things about Mass Effect is how they had to avoid that, like... Shepherd. Well, no, Shepard, what yeah, am I saying? Yeah, Shepard. Who are the characters' names in Bioshock Infinite? I don't even know that. Uh, Booker DeWitt and Elizabeth. I don't know what her surname Titty's is. has got big. <laughs> hey, everybody, this is the Boy Hottie Podcast. Just saying! Didn't you miss all this bullshit last week? <laughs> oh, we're back! Yeah, breasticles. As always, we're boyhottypodcast.com, at boyhottypodcast on the Twitters. I'm already working on a mod for Gone Home. It's about, like, everything's cow print all of a sudden. It's got gone milk? Question mark? <laughs> gone Home deserves better than this. Friends, oh my god! I said the cars have tires out cookies! Bill is gonna continue this joke I after love, we stop recording. Because it's got milk, but it's gone milk? It's so sad. Friends, we'll talk to you next week, I guess. On the other side. On the other side of the Bioshock Infinite release, Bill. Bill, by the time we next meet, Bioshock Infinite will be out. What's our score for Bioshock Infinite now? Well, how are we going to adjust this? I haven't played it yet. So so 0.5. Oh, 5. Because it's average. Okay. We'll update that scoreboard next week. (laughs) I'm. I don't know. I hate first-person shooters. I always forget that it's first-person shooters. But you beat Bioshock. Yeah, but only like all scrunched up in my sofa and feeling freaked what do you think out. The, how bad do you think the boss battle is gonna be? You think the boss battle is gonna I'm have to be like you have to restrain yourself? I wonder I'm how art, artistic it's gonna be. Do you have to sit down and just turn on the television and pretend nothing's happening? That's. I like you your little. Reality? I'm sad this is not a medium podcast so that I can see Bill sit down and turn on the television. I just love my theatrical friends. <laughs> Hello. Then. All right, friends, we'll talk to y'all next week in a post-Bioshock world. Okay.